when the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation. Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself. I've a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home Alone. To the holiday 2021 episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, this is Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And I'm glad to see Billy is back. If you're not a part of our Patreon, uh, there were two mm. bonus episodes put out between the last episode on Contra and this that were also holiday themed. We covered the Grinch Game Boy Color game, and we covered an episode of uh, of the Pac-Man cartoon where Santa Claus comes to Pac-Land. <laughs> but if you do not belong to our Patreon, then this is our only holiday outing, and we're going to be talking about a holiday classic film-related <laughs> video game, uh, we're going to be talking about several of the Home Alone video games. We're going to skip oh. our regular What You've Been Playing and dive right into it by first asking, <laughs> are you guys a fan of the Home Alone movies? I, I, I'm going to start off by saying that the, the contents of uh, whatever happens during this show, it's on me. I have, have taunted these fellas Maybe since the start. Has it been every Christmas? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Six years of Christmases, seven it's, years of Christmases. <laughs> it it's, it's almost been a Christmas tradition um, that, that, you know, when, when the time of year comes up and we start talking about what games we're going to cover that are that are Christmassy, um, that, that I, I, I start almost threatening um, that, that, that we, we're going to do Home Alone. And, you know, it's been dodged for so many years, but, you know, in the back of my head, I knew there's only so many Christmas games out there. So, so here we are. Um, boy, be careful what you wish for out there is, is all I'll say. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I am a big fan of, uh, well, two of the films. Um, I, I think the franchise is up to like fucking 20 or 30 right now. Um, first one, of course, is the, it's the classic, right? That's, that's the Christmas classic. That's the one you put on. Every year in December, that's in your rotation, and I I, I do enjoy that film. Uh, I, I like two a lot. I mean, it's just it's kind of a rehash, but in a, a little bit wider of an area. In, in, well, in some respects, that they're able, you know, for maybe for budget reasons to to keep it down to that that one, uh, you know, that one renovated house um, for, for a good bit, but otherwise it's, it's, it's the first one, but it's on a grander scale. So I, I can appreciate that. Uh, I didn't see any of them after that. There was one of them where I just really hated the look of the fucking kid that was in it. And I think the box with just the look of this kid pissed me off to the, the point to where, um, I, I couldn't do it. 
Um, so I, I have not seen like at length any of them besides one and two, which I have seen beginning to end countless time. Did it again this year. Watched both of them. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it was it was something at the time it came out. It was a pretty simple formula. And, I, you know, the sequels just couldn't do it. They couldn't recapture the magic. But I, you had a great cast for the for the originals. Um, but no, Home Alone loved it. The, the video games, though, um, as we'll, we'll talk as we went as we go along, I really only played one of them a lot growing up. Um, so so some of these were a surprise. Uh, yeah, if that man very loosely use the word surprise. I was a fan of the first movie and I, I think it's, it's a great holiday movie. It's one of my all time mm -hmm. favorites and I'm not even a big Christmas person. I, I that movie just works in, in a way that I don't think I, I, there's so many holiday movies that are made year in year out, especially if you watch the lifetime channel, um, mm -hmm. which no, wait, no, it's not the lifetime channel. Uh, which one is it? Hallmark Hallmark channel where there's like 50 new Christmas movies made every year and they're all mm -hmm. like legit the same. Uh, there's, there's no magic in those. Those can't, those feel like they come out of a factory. This, whatever magic, the one, the classics have like national lampoon or, or this one, there's just something special about it. And it's not nostalgia. It's just a damn good movie that mm -hmm. understands what Christmas is about. And I, I think Home Alone does it perfect, along with a good share of Looney Tunes violence. Yeah, my... so yeah, any anything that that came after this one, I don't have nothing to do with. The new one, I watched parts of and and had to just like turn it off before I threw up on myself because it was just it's a terrible, mm. terrible Home Alone. So since I have younger kids, I know Billy has has a son, but his son is old enough now. Mm -hmm. He's probably not watching Home Alone with him on a, on a yearly basis. Although if you are, you know, it's a good movie. I'd still do it. Uh, a lot of the Christmas movies I liked as a kid that I thought they would love, they don't. I mean, some of the ones are pure mm. classics that they'll watch. You know, no problem. They, they love The Grinch, uh, even the mm -hmm. live action one that I don't care for, but they like that one too. They, they do like Home Alone a lot. Uh, they didn't care for Ernest Saves Christmas. That's mind-blowing. What a great movie. They did oh, not like it. Oh, come on. Uh, they, well, they didn't. They just left the room. So I don't know if they, <laughs> I'd say they hated it. They got <laughs> bored and left. And they also didn't like, uh, you know, like Scrooge. I think it was a little too scary when it started. They weren't as big of a fan mm. of that either. Uh, so this was one that they, they loved. The first time they saw Home Alone, for the first 10 minutes, like, I love this movie. We've watched it easily like 30 times this year. Uh, and as a result, we've watched most of the other Home Alones. The second Home Alone, I know I had seen as a kid when he's in New York. That's, that's still Macaulay Culkin is like the main character. That's, that's fine. It, it is. And I think we brought this up on our Discord. It does just enough to be a sequel that it doesn't mess with the formula. It's not like mm -hmm. that, you know, he's now 30 years old and he has his own kids. And it, it's just like, no, he's still, you know, now he's yeah. nine years old instead of eight or whatever. And he's now in yeah. New York City and he does the same thing where he, these criminals try to, to break into the house that he's a part of somehow. And he sets up all these traps to, to stop them. I think the biggest thing with Home Alone 2 is that the traps in Home Alone 1, uh, while they were definitely painful looking and damaging, they still kind of felt like very slapsticky, like no one's going to die yeah. over these traps, where I think yeah. in, uh, oh, in Home Alone each 2... One, each one in Home Alone 2 is a killer. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing bricks at a guy off the top of a building, <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, Home Alone 2 is a, yeah, a brutal Home Alone. I, I just think, I think it, uh, and my son loved it too. I think it just, it, it, it has some kind of appeal. It's like some kind of fantasy as a kid, right? I, this is like the kid's version of, you know, every gun nut, you know, that buys a bunch of guns, and there's hope and somebody breaks in so they can, you know, kill a man uh i mean it's the kid version of it 
Uh, every every kid wonders. They like to think if you know if they were they were mysteriously they woke up one morning it was just them that they would they would survive they they would they would go on you know if someone showed up they'd defend the house and things like that i guess it's ingrained in people you know it's fucking america um but yeah yeah yes i i'm glad you pointed that out because you know whether whether harry and marv got got caught in part two or not I, I, they weren't much longer for the world they no. took a lot of hits to the head Especially they, Marv. They Marv, even early on, you're like, Marv, Marv's not going to make it. He's not going to make it no. past the first 20 <laughs> minutes of this movie. Uh, so because they wanted to watch one and two, they, you know, did, they were all on Disney or whatever. So they were quite, mm-hmm. they, they show the next ones. And they did show the newest one that you mentioned, Home Sweet Home Alone. I guess Jeremy Ooh. mentioned he watched a few minutes of it. It It's not good. I'm not going to sit here and defend it. It doesn't need to exist. You should just watch the first one and maybe the second one every year. But, but you know, they tried and it does have... It's moments. I think the problem with the new one is one, the kid is unlikable, and two, mm. they they, they oh, make you feel kid. they make you feel bad for the criminals. Like in the you know Harry Harry that and Marv is, that, are just I saw a little I saw a little bit, and the kid was straight up shitty. Yeah, no, he's mean uh, he, to everybody, yeah. and uh, and then you you know he gets left alone because he basically goes to hide because he hates everybody. Like it's not it's not like he gets left because they sent him up to his room because he did something wrong. He just was like it's too loud. I'm gonna go hide, and then they <laughs> they leave him there, and and yeah, then. He, and the, the people that are trying to come in and, you know, break into his house are trying to get back something they believe he stole from them. So it's not yeah, even like... And it shows him stealing it. It legit shows... Oh, my God, this fucking movie. Hey, guess I, what? Spoilers for this movie. He didn't steal it. He didn't steal it. They just... But the movie shows him stealing it. Oh, I know. It. They make you believe it up until the very end of the movie when he, mm. he really oh turns God. out he didn't oh, steal it. God. It's not a good movie. But... But it's better, I'll tell you right now, than Home Alone 3, which my kids then made me watch. Home Alone 3 is boring. It does not star uh, Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McAllister. It also doesn't try to recast Kevin McAllister. Thank God. They just have it be some other kid who's fighting some other criminals. Mm. But this one involves, like, some kind of, like, spy organization and hiding, like, microfilm in a toy. It sucks. It's not good. The kid is not likable either. He's home alone because he has the chicken pox. Not because he gets left home alone, but he's so sick that his parents have to leave him home alone. (laughs) And he fights off these super spy criminals who are breaking into his house. Uh, Home Alone 4 I had never seen because it was directly made for TV. Uh, that also has another kid, but they do recast him as Kevin McAllister, and they recast another guy as Marv, or as yeah, as Marv. So it's like, why would you do that? It's not good. Uh, we we watched two minutes of that, and I turned it off. That was not good. And I didn't even know there was a fifth Home Alone movie, which is called Home Alone: The Holiday Heist, also made directly for TV, uh, and that one starred as the bad guy Malcolm McDowell. So that's they had like a real actor in that movie. Uh, it's also not good. So I, I guess what I'm saying is uh, the Home Alone movies. Uh, the first two are worth playing, or worth the first two are worth seeing. The others you can probably skip. I wish we could say that about the games based on the original Home Alone, but we're going to get to them right now, and they may not have any that are worth playing. But let's start uh, with the one that I think I spent the most time on, uh, and and I played none of these as a kid. I know Billy said he played one of them. And we'll get into it, mm-hmm. uh, and and as we go through them, if anyone's played these at any moment before this podcast, you can let us know. But let's start with the NES version of Home Alone, arguably the simplest version of this game. Holy fuck. Oh, God. Um, I've already apologized at the top of the show. Um... Uh, yeah, I had not tackled 
this one before. Uh, the Game Boy version is the, the Home Alone that I played at length. I was the only one I owned. Um, I, I had rented Home Alone, uh, you know, on another system or two. NES one I had not gotten around to until uh, this podcast. And boy, howdy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is the equivalent of fucking getting hit with a damn swinging brick or a damn paint can or or what or whatnot. Um, Holy shit. Uh, It's this game visually is a lot to take in. Um, I, I played this at a time where I was having a lot of light sensitivity <laughs> issues and, and I, I was having headaches and, and man, if this didn't, if this didn't send one on that put a fucking hurting on me, uh, this is, this is an ugly game. It's ugly. Top to bottom. It's ugly. It's, it's not a good game. Uh, as far as the looks go, it's not a good game in any sort of way, but I had never actually heard of it as a kid and you know i didn't play it it was nothing that i had found like what i don't i don't know how anyone could have magically just found this one i guess you just had to be a really big fan of the movie or something but Mm -hmm. i was always shocked to 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 know that bethesda was the one that that published this one developer yeah not even published those are the developer developer yes (laughs) so they were able to they redeemed themselves slowly over time well and, and this came out all these games came out around the same like six month to year window. They all came out in 1991 mm-hmm. to 1992 to try to capitalize on this film before Home Alone 2 came out. And and so all of them, you know, if you're talking about an NES game in 1991, you've already got the 16-bit generations already started. The TurboGrafx and Genesis have been well on their way and the Super Nintendo's out, if not by late 1991, early 1992 in most areas and, and most people would have them. So, you know, this is another late era NES cart that they clearly were like, we, we still have a market here. There's still people who have them. Let's get it out. But it's it's the one that has the least amount of things you're supposed to do in it. So all the Home Alone games have the same few things in common. They all have a time limit that you either have to finish the game in mm-hmm. or you have to last for that whole time. Uh, and they also all are mostly based on the part where Kevin is home by himself or home in his neighborhood, depending on the version you're playing, and he has to stop Harry and Marv from breaking into houses and stealing things and or capturing him. So... The NES version is the the most basic version of this, as you are in uh, Kevin's house only, in his yard, so you can go to the treehouse and stuff like what's in the movie, but your only job is to run away from the two burglars that are coming into the Mm -hmm. house, and spread out throughout the house are all these traps you can pick up and then lay down to, to stop them for a moment. They'll fall down, depending on the trap, they could stay down for... 10, 15 seconds. Sometimes they only fall down for three or four seconds. And otherwise, they keep running around the house, more or less coming at you, but sometimes going in other areas. If they hit you one time, if they touch you one time, the game immediately ends and it spits you back at mm-hmm. the start screen of the game. It's not even like it gives you like this amazing animation or anything. It's like they catch you and it says you're caught or whatever, and then it goes right back to the title screen. So my first time playing this game, you walk, you know, the game starts, you're at the like the stairs into the house, and then there's two light bulb traps near you that are supposed to be like in the movie when he puts the Christmas bulbs down the window mm-hmm. and, and Marv steps on them. They all, they all have things that come from the movie. In fact, the house layout in this game is very much the scenes you'll see in the movie. I don't know if it's laid out exactly the same, but they have all the things you'd expect, one, in a real house, but also that are seen in the movie. Anyway, um, you start up on the first level. The game starts. You walk, you're, right outside, you're right by the stairs. You can pick up one of those two traps and then run and try to put it down. Well, I don't have a manual for this game. I'm just trying to, to figure out how it works as if I rented it from a blockbuster or something. So I pick up one of the traps and I run to the left. 
And then I run to the right, and one of the criminals runs right to me, and I die within three seconds. And it uh, it gives me a start screen. I was like, well, I clearly don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing in this game. Uh, it's literally just running through the house, which has three or four layers, plus there's the basement, plus there's the outside uh, areas you can get to by either uh, the, the line that takes you to the treehouse, or you can actually climb up and down the, uh, the, the gutters on one side of the house. Uh, and you're just literally avoiding the Marv and Harry. That's that's it. For 20 minutes, you have to survive. There's no counter on the screen. There's nothing that shows you where they are unless they're on the screen with you. In fact, you can pause the game, and it shows you a map of the whole house. It's set up like a like if you had a kid's dollhouse, and you open it up, and you can see everything from the side. That's how the whole game is set up, you know, that side view. But the nothing on the map shows you where the criminals are. It just shows where you are and where the traps that you've laid are, and that's it. And a, and a timer at the bottom. That's the only way you know how much time is left, and other than that, it's just, you know, Put your watch out. You got twenty minutes to just run away from these guys nonstop. It is, uh, it's the longest twenty minutes of your life. <laughs> God, I mean, it. I, I, you know, you run into. Um, we're running into this first game. Uh, how do you do a Home Alone game? I, on one hand, it sounds really simple, and it sounds like this would be, uh, you know, a, a decent, you know. Uh, concept i guess uh you got some of the, the aspects you know you got the kid home alone you got the crooks you got the traps yeah you got the the kind of the cat and mouse um but man it's not done it's not done well here and it's done so fucking ugly and and uh, uh, the way this game is laid out it's all basically one screen and there there's yard uh, in the midst of floors of the house, it's it's weird. It it just looks weird. It's graphically, yes, it's the NES, but man, they could do more. And I, this game, it's tough. It's tough. Oh yeah. I don't know if I don't know if there's there are patterns you can look for here or not. Um, I couldn't find them. Granted, I wasn't looking too hard. Um. Yeah, this is uh, is this a legitimate twenty minutes? Like yes. real real life twenty. It's 20 real life no twenty way. minutes. There's no way. Anxiety would overtake you first. Um, this is it's it's a tough little game, and and I talked about the the looks of it. Um, I, I I would not recommend anyone play this, but my and I I sent the picture to the fellas here. My favorite thing. Um, I didn't find this out on my own by playing, but I went ahead and I, I wrapped it up. I went to check and see if there was an ending to this. There's a fucking ending screen where, where you know, the, the crooks are arrested. Spoilers for Home Alone and the games. Uh, the crooks get arrested and fucking Kevin is on it. And he looks just as old as the rest of them in the fucking picture. It's phenomenal. Um, well, if, I mean, if you have to do this for 20 minutes, you probably age <laughs> as, <laughs> as quickly as these other people. <laughs> but it's it's something. I it's I, I guess uh, they 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 meant well. It's it's Bethesda. I mean, they would they would later be known for not shitting the bed. You know, I, I, minor shittings of the bed here and there from them, but but not like this. Not like this. Home Alone on the NES is one of those that I. Um, you know, I'm glad that it never came into my life until until now, and that just as quickly as it appeared uh, after recording, this is going to vanish. I, I think it did a pretty decent job. I don't think it's a good game. I'll get that out of no. here right now. Mm -hmm. no. uh, but I think it at least tried to be a, a basic idea of what the movie is, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're constantly having to run from these guys. You're setting down traps. It doesn't work at all. Like, they completely mm-hmm. got the... This is basically just running away, the video game. They yeah. didn't quite get the idea that Kevin isn't really running away in the movie. He's defending himself. You know, he's setting mm-hmm. up these traps. It's the, you know, he, he's got he's to survive. There's no really surviving in this game except just going around picking up the items that you can find. And with how ugly this game is, I just want to mention that finding some of those items here and there is not the easiest thing. Mm. So you you really got to look for this stuff in the background and and hope to God that you can find it in time because it, everyone's pretty fast in this game. Like they will not just follow you in a direct line behind you, but there are times when they will actually find different patterns around the house. Like sometimes they will actually come down the side mm-hmm. of the house on the outside to kind of flank you which I can't believe I'm saying that about an NES game, especially <laughs> Home Alone, but they will do that. Whether it was by accident or not, I was at least impressed when it happened. And, you know, the other stuff, uh, the animation is the weirdest shit. Uh, I know it's the NES, but my God, Kevin's running animation is just, it kind of bothers oh God. me. Yeah. And when you make him walk into and out of the screen, he's got this really dopey kind of uh, to side to side walk. It's mm. so bad, and it, but <laughs> it's it, it's kind of endearing in a way. It's like you're playing like an old, a badly animated uh, '70s European cartoon or something. It's just it's weird. The whole game is weird. But at least they got the idea down. They didn't do anything as far as like actually connecting two and two together to make what made the movie special. Mm-hmm. But here it is a, a very strange version of, of like spy versus spy for the NES. I, I don't know why I was constantly Ooh. getting spy versus spy vibes from this game, but it, it was there. It doesn't really have much to do at all with spy versus spy, but I was always like, God damn, I just kind of want to play spy versus spy now. Well, yeah, that, that would have been more fun. Spy versus spy is, is a fun game with two players, single player. It's, it's not great, but it's a, it's a neat game. At least they take the idea of traps and make it interesting. Um, this reminded me more of, you know, I think a couple years ago we did Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, like that kind of NES game where it feels slapped together for a a thing. The difference was that was a very high action game where this is more like, (laughs) it's not like Pac-Man, but it's that idea where you're running from something, but instead of having, you know, power pellets to eat, you have to just put these traps down to stall them, and then you get to keep running. And, And their patterns don't make a lot of sense. I mean, again, you can't only see the little part of the screen that's the house that you're able to see. You can't see where they are at all times. So... I would be interested, mildly interested, to know if there are real patterns to what they're doing or if it is random and if you get so close they just come at you because that's what it seemed like to me. If they see you or, or if you're within a certain radius of them, they kind of run at you. Um, but otherwise, you know, they kind of just do their own thing and you hopefully have traps laid out to, to stall them around. According to some guides I found online, there are places you can, quote, hide and, and they won't find you for a little bit, but then they will find you. But as far as I found, the treehouse isn't that place. The basement isn't that place. None of the bedrooms are that place. I, I don't know where you'd find the hiding spots. But uh, but that said, I only made it on my best attempt of this game about seven and a half minutes before I you know made a mistake and got attacked. And I'll, I'll tell you exactly why, because all the stairs in this game control like absolute garbage. You have to be in the exact right spot. Then you have to hold the right direction. If you at all, like if you're going up the steps and you just slightly let go of the diagonal and instead of hit up or, or left, nothing happens. He just stops. 
So if there's a guy chasing you, they don't have such problems, but you certainly do. And I died in that seven and a half minutes trying to go down the stairs to the basement. I just got stuck like, and I it kept going left and right, and I could not figure it out. I was so mad. Uh, but that said, I wasn't mad because I made it seven and a half minutes, and it felt like two and a half hours. Uh, if you can make it the full 20 minutes, like Billy said, there is a little animation screen at the end, and, and that's it. There is no other win state. It's just last 20 minutes, get to the end. Sure, that kind of makes sense in the movie. He's just basically stalling till the police get there. Sure, that's what you're doing. Uh, this is arguably the least fun game that I think we've played in a long time. I mean, even, even you know, we talked about Killer Tomatoes, and we even did The <laughs> Grinch last time. I liked some levels of The Grinch at first. I didn't like this from the get-go. It's not good. The, the other versions of this game that we're going to talk about are all kind of similar. Like I said, they all have a time limit or something related to time, and they all follow this part of the movie. There's no parts where you're going to the grocery store and trying to convince the clerk that you're not living by yourself. That would have been a boring game. Instead, they kind of fall into five categories. So the NES game is in one category by itself, where it's just what we talked Ooh. about. You just grab traps, put no, them down, the, run and hide. the class all by itself. Well, the, the next games we're going to talk about are the Super Nintendo and Game Boy games really quick. I know we didn't we didn't uh, focus too much on those playtimes, but Billy, since you had played a lot of the Game Boy game, and they're essentially the same style of game, uh, I'm going to let you explain how the Game Boy Home Alone works compared oh, to what boy. we just talked about. Uh, I, it's it, it, there. You, there are some similarities. Uh, you, you know, once again, you're you're Kevin. You're in the house. Uh, the, the burglars are are on the loose. Uh, but you're also fending off against fucking inanimate objects around the house. A lot of things have taken a life of their own. Um, and, and so there are, there are threats. There are constant threats throughout this house. And uh, the main goal of this is you, for whatever fucking reason, instead of just trying to survive, you are trying to avoid the, 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 you know, enemies of the game. But at the same time, you're trying to collect the valuables around your house you've got a little counter for how many you need to you need to collect and and then you're taking them you're you're dropping them down the laundry chute which makes a big convenient pile of them um in the basement i always felt like it, you were trying to make their you're making their job a little easier for them by just you know gathering all the, the valuables and putting them in one spot uh but that's the case um which which did not happen in home alone at all uh there, there was never a point where, where kevin was trying to hoard the, the valuables um, of the house, but that, but that is just the basic. Uh, it's it's a big fetch quest for these, rather than just kind of running around trying to survive. Um, and God, God help! There's there's boss fights. Oh yeah, yep. In there, you fight at the end of the Game Boy. You you fight the furnace because you remember briefly in Home Alone, he was he was scared of the furnace. Oh yeah, in the basement, you you fight the furnace. Um, I, I think there's a giant rat at some point. I believe there's a tarantula. There, there, all kinds of weird shit. This is another one of those where they they take a game, they take a, a, a you know a movie, and that really only had two. I mean, the movie only really had two threats in it: the two bandits. Uh, so they pretty much make the entire environment a, a threat. Uh, just ridiculous enemies in the game. Um, I had it on Game Boy, and it was at a time where I didn't have a ton of Game Boy games, so man, I tried to make the most of it, and I put a lot of time into it. <sighs> and yeah, I remember enjoying it then, um, to an extent. Uh, I, I was never head over heels with it, um, but you know, when you only have a few games for something, and, and you're going out on the road, you're going to wear out what you got on the Game Boy. Um, I was aware that the, the 
Super Nintendo version, I believe. I, I was aware that it was the same basic principle. Once again, you're fetching valuables around the house. It, it, it's it's very similar. Uh, I'm always I'm almost you know confused as to why the NES version didn't just make it a didn't make it the trifecta uh, of Nintendo games where you're just grabbing things and, and sending them down the fucking laundry chute. Well, because there were five different sets of developers that made these Home Jesus. Alone games. So the Home Alone NES game, as I mentioned, was was Bethesda. I think you mentioned or someone yes. mentioned it was Bethesda. Jeremy did. Um, the Super Nintendo and Game Boy games were developed by Imagineering, who conveniently mm-hmm. also made Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, A Boy and His Blob, and all mm-hmm. those Simpsons games for the NES. Uh, so they already this, made a bunch oh. of... This that is, makes sense. Well, but but that for those sense. games I just listed, that this game is a gem compared to some of the things mm. we just talked. I mean, Boy <laughs> and His Blob is is neat and interesting, but but uh, the Killer Tomatoes game we talked about two three years ago, and then again those early Simpsons games are terrible. So compared to those this things, one, this um, isn't bad. Yeah, this this made, that makes a lot of sense. I was not aware because controlling it, um, it controls a lot. Like, did they make? Uh, the Simpsons, Bart Goes to Camp Deadly, the Game Boy Simpsons game. Probably. I know they did Bart vs. the World and Bart vs. the Space Martians. And It sure it sure feels Space like Beans. it. Um, playing through, because I had that. <laughs> God damn it, that's one of the other. My Game Boy library is probably on par with Jeremy P's TurboGrafx-16 library. I don't want to hear that. That's um, not good. I had that, that Simpsons game also. And upon replaying this one, Definitely. I, I just kind of the weight of the character, uh, just the ridiculous shit that they throw in there. Yeah, uh, very similar. Um, but yes, I, this is in comparison to those Simpsons. Uh, this may be the only way we are able to finagle something positive uh, this entire show. But compared to those Simpsons games, yeah, this is a, this is a gem. This is a masterpiece. Well, at least this one feels more like an actual game. You right. know, the, the mm-hmm. Game Boy and the Super NES version. They give Kevin a gun. They give him weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're running around a stage. You're not just going, like you said, you're not going around this weird open map trying yeah. to escape. It's It does feel like a, a game. <laughs> That's the best thing I can say about it. Oh, and the, the truly heroic amount of pizza that is hidden around the house <laughs> is, is also a- admirable. But it, it, it's it, this one I was actually surprised because I hadn't played either of these. I... I'd sort of heard here and there about the NES Home Alone and was not looking forward to that one. And I was thinking that this was just going to be more of the same. But no, these were actually, I was kind of surprised that these felt like an actual video game. Yeah, it, it still feels like it's tacked on. It's, you know, they, they had to find a way to make a game based on Home Alone, so they did their best. But it, it the idea of collecting the things, taking them to the, to the, the laundry chute, and then after you get all the items in the laundry sheet, you go find a key to get down to the area. That's why the criminals don't know what's down there. It's a locked door. But you get the key, go down there. It, normally, that's where the boss would be in that basement area. And then at the very end, there's the a vault somehow conveniently placed by where the, the laundry chute ends. And you lock everything away, and you get to go to the next level. Uh, I like that more that you have more to do. You don't have to just try to survive in that game. You just have a time limit to finish it in. That's, that's fine with me. Um, but again, those were both made by Imagineering. Uh, I don't know if you guys, either of you guys tried the Master System version of this game. <laughs> no no so the how does that the master system game is more kind of like the grinch game we just covered not as far as gameplay but the idea is it's still that sideways view like you get for the super nintendo and game boy versions of the game but instead of trying to collect all the things and put them in the in the shoot and dodge the guys you're literally just going through every level avoiding guys but you can actually jump up and down the floors so it looks more like an, mm. uh, an arcade game more than anything else and you have to get so many of the treasures from the house 
you before they get them and avoid them, and then it goes to the next level, and there's like 40 levels or something. So it plays like a Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle or something along those lines, okay. but based on Home Alone. It's, you know, it's not bad. I, if I had a, a, a Master System in 1992 and rented that one, I'd be okay with it. It's not great, but it's not the disaster that the the, uh, the regular Nintendo one was, <laughs> where it was like, what the hell was that? I'd be mad if I rented that. Um, but that was, that was developed by Probe Entertainment. We've done some other games by Probe. I want to say that Aliens 3 game was them. Um, so the other console-based, that we've talked about the three developers so far that did consoles. The fourth console developer was Sega themselves, who made the version for the Genesis and the Game Gear. They didn't do the one for Master System, but they did the other two. They play very similarly, and I know we played the Genesis version for this. It's by far the weirdest, uh, or most involved version, I guess, of a Home Alone game we're going to talk about. It starts not inside Kevin's house. It starts outside on a sled. And you're supposed to drive around your neighborhood, which has five houses in it. And the whole goal of the Genesis version of this game, and the Game Gear's the same, but we'll just call them a Genesis, is to protect all five houses from the wet bandits by sledding around outside between the houses and finding traps that are hid inside snowmen. And then mm-hmm. you go to the house itself, and then you have an, a, like a blueprint of the whole house where you can lay a couple traps ahead of time. And you need to go to all the houses and do that quickly, because after the first minute of the 20-minute time limit you have, Harry and Marv show up, and they pick one of the houses at random. It'll tell you when they're inside a house, and you have to then drive around the snow map to find where their van is, and that van will tell you which house they're in. And then you go inside, and you try to stop them from taking the items in the house before uh, by using your traps and also attacking them. So you, you, go to a, you, know, you wait for them to appear in a house, and then any traps you've already placed there are already there. You can find more traps like you had in the Nintendo one to then place around and stop them. But you also, like in the Super Nintendo one, have a weapon. The difference in the Genesis is if you find other items in the house, like you can get a, um, you know, you get the regular BB gun, but you can also find, you know, like a snowblower and some other stuff. And then you can combine items together in your inventory to make a better weapon. So you can make a gun that shoots snowballs at them. And you can make a gun that shoots, you know, all this other stuff. Like you have to make weapons to defeat them in the house. So once you're in the house with the criminals, you see your own life bar, you see their pain bar, and they'll stay in that house till you get their pain bar filled all the way up with traps or by shooting them a bunch. And then the, the you know the the amount of riches left in the house. So you've got to make sure you do enough pain to them or don't die uh, before they take all the treasures from the house. I'll take it. It's, I'll take it. Fuck yeah. Um uh, this is how you do it, right? I uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, is it? it it's uh, Home Alone. Is I, this I as good this as it kind of gets? I, yeah, this is I, what you want to do. As a kid, you would fucking go crazy for this because it's over the top. Uh, it, it's very over the top. It's very trap heavy. Oh, yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's the bread and butter of the film. I think for, for a kid, uh, that was that was the part you love to see. Um, and it, it's 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 interesting. I like the the, the blueprint aspect of it where you kind of you kind of it reminds you that that montage where kevin is is, you know he's he's arming the house he's he's getting it ready um you know and and the the different houses i didn't know if i'd like that or not but that's fine and and each house is is different um what i can tell i played through this one a few times and it's it's kind of random 
which ones they hit. Um, and, and hats off to the uh, the the country looking house there. That mm-hmm. little that little, little twangy tune you get when you step in there. Not 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 bad, but um yeah, the, the there's a whole like weapons like system here and crafting and whatnot. Um, you can whip up everything from fucking there's a hot coal gun. Uh, there's all kinds of shit you can do on here, and I, and I thought it was interesting. I don't know if it's because I played this one last, um, but it, it it's presented like it's it, it's big, it's colorful, um. You know, like I said, the, the music isn't bad. Uh, it, it, I think each house has its own little tune. Um, I could do without the snowboard. I could do without the outside portion. Um, that's kind of not for me. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the, the houses and the, the whole preparation stage and the, the crafting of, of you know the weapons and whatnot, and the whole goal is just to put a hurting on these guys until they quit. Um, I, I think, man, out of all of these, uh, this probably kind of captures the the essence of Home Alone um, better than the rest, because um, it very much feels like you are on the offensive in this one. Um, you know, you're not running like you are in the NES version, and you know, you're not you're not trying to run and, and gather up all the valuables and, and hoard them like you are in in the. Uh, Super Nintendo and Game Boy, but you're you're just trying to put the hurt on these guys with all these these wild fucking implements you come up with. Uh, yeah, this, uh, one, this one, this one does it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, this, this is, is it. what, yeah, this, this is, is what it. you want out of a Home Alone game. Once again, Genesis does what Nintendo didn't do, and so you've, you're left with this uh, an actual Home Alone game. And still not a good game. Still not a still, good game. Still by not far. a good game. But at least they got it. <laughs> God damn it! And it's entertaining. Yeah. The weapons, you know, you got the ones that turns the guys in the snowman, or ones that you know they turn into glue or whatever. It shoots them with glue or whatever. It's yep. mm-hmm. there's some fun stuff in this one that that's neat. The only thing that really bothers me is like Kevin is like one foot tall. And yeah. just, I, I don't know what, either the houses are comically large or the people are just way too small. Um, but it's everything else. I, it's a decent looking game. There's some fun stuff here. The whole, yeah, you know, like you said, the blueprint stuff. It's like, yes, thank you. This is, this is what you need mm-hmm. to do. This is fun. Even mm-hmm. if it's not really implemented in a way that's going to make much of a difference, but it's still cool. <laughs> uh, but, and, you know, there's just a lot of fun to be had going around shooting these dudes, you know, in, in, inflicting pain and the pain meter. The pain meter made me laugh. Pain meter, so yes. That's what I need for real in my life is just a pain meter hovering above mm. me. Uh, but that's just, yeah, I thought it was funny. I think it's a neat little game. I don't think it's a fun game, really, but I think as far as Home Alone goes, this is about as good as you're going to get on a, a classic console. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was clearly the one that had the most thought put in. It's also the least like the movie, and the movie doesn't walk house to house and defend them, but it still works because it's about the traps. I thought it was funny that there's that futuristic house that has a robot. That's the thing with this mm-hmm. compared to the NES version is that all the traps can mm-hmm. hurt you, too. So putting out the traps, you have to make sure you avoid them or you can set them off. And there's traps in the house, like the futuristic house has a robot. Your house has the tarantula that will come down from the ceiling, uh, like Buzz has in his room in the movie. So there's these things that can hurt Kevin as well if you're not paying attention to them, which is okay. But sometimes it can mean if you make a mistake and you fall into that trap, then all of a sudden you're now trapped between, you know, Harry and Marv and this trap and you got to figure out what to do. Still, I thought it was the most interesting. It is the one that feels the most like a complete game. 
Um, it also, though, I think the timeline on all these is something I don't care for. I'd rather just have to get, like, let's say you, you stop them at all five houses and the game ends. Like, that would be better for me than trying to worry about all the time limit stuff, because you have to keep worrying about that 20-minute time limit lasts longer mm. for the police to get there. But that said, it, it, it was the best of these games we've talked about, and uh, I'd actually say if I had this on Game Gear, I would have played this a bunch. I didn't have a lot of games for Game Gear, um, and the ones I had weren't... We're, we're supposed to be short games. Again, the batteries, if you were in a Game Gear on batteries, lasted about 13 seconds. So you had to have fast games that would work. So a game that only has 20 minutes means I could play this probably three times before I had to get new batteries for it. That would have been kind of neat. I would have liked having this on, on Game Gear. But uh, still, on Genesis, if you're going to play a Home Alone game, that's probably the one to check out. Now, there's one more batch of these games that came out, but they were computer games. So I know <laughs> we didn't cover them. But on the PC and Amiga, they made a, a version of this. The developer for this was... Um, uh, developers was Manly Associates. I don't know anything else they've ever done. It doesn't really matter. This is the game that if I had to write down what I'd want to do in a Home Alone game, this is probably it. But if you watch a video of it, because we didn't, I, I didn't play these games. I had to watch a video of it to see. I don't think they run very well, and I think the, you know, the end result isn't as good as the idea. But this kind of blends what we liked about the Genesis game with what the um, NES game did. So. Instead of the NES game where the game just starts and all of a sudden the criminals are there and you got to be ready to run and it's just nonstop running, the the PC game starts where you have like five full minutes to fill your house with all the traps you want that you can find and make all the parts where you got to set the traps up and then they show up and you just have to survive long enough for either, you know, I think it's 15 more minutes before the cops get there or if you can hit them with 10 traps, then they are knocked out and you don't have to worry about them anymore. So it's more about leading them to your traps like they would in the movie like Kevin did in the movie, to try to get them so many, you know, so many times where they just give up. I like that concept a lot because it doesn't mean you're tied to 20 minutes. You can beat that game in a solid 10 if you know what you're doing. You have time to prep ahead of time. Like, that's all a really cool idea. But, again, if you watch a video of it, it, it doesn't quite deliver on the promises that it would make. But I think that's the blueprint for a good Home Alone. Like, my... my concerns with the Genesis one is all the other houses. Like, I don't need the part where you're going around outside and then trying to make sure what house they're at and, and that sort of thing. If you were just in Kevin's house, but it was bigger or something, okay, great. Build the traps, have some time, then they show up, and then, you you know, they go away for five minutes and they come back two minutes later or whatever. That's kind of what this PC one does, but they only come one time, but you got to hit them each with ten traps before they go away. I really like that idea. But of the games we've talked about, which are the console ones, the PC ones don't count, none of us played them. I think we've decided that the Genesis and Game Gear version, the ones that were published <laughs> and developed by Sega, are the ones to try. Am I correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've they've got the spirit of the film in them. I, I think they nailed. Um, I mean, the best best possible way you can do Home Alone in in video game form. You know, as far as far as the consoles go, it was it was all about the traps and just inflicting damage on on the burglars. So yeah, I I I really like that one and. Um, to be honest, um, I, I just, man, I'm just really excited to do the Home Alone 2 games next year. Oh, that's going to be a good year. That's going to be a good Christmas time. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more? So that's our thoughts on Home Alone, which generally is just the word don't. But if you're going to try, maybe the Genesis and Game Gear version other ones to check out. Now... It's the last episode of 2021, unless you've been avoiding other episodes and you listen to them later. But it's the last one we're recording uh, before 2022. And we've mentioned in the last few episodes, we have a ton of listener 
questions. So we're going to answer as many of these as we can, if not all of them. We'll find out. But before we answer your questions, I'm going to have Jeremy remind you how you can send us one. Oh, my God. Uh, We've got this website. It's called Retrovania.net. It is on the internet, and if you type in those those letters, that word, in that order, you'll get to it. It'll magically show up on your screen. And if you scroll all the way down, we've got this awesome question, answer form, whatever it is. Fill it out and put in your wildest dreams. Uh, whatever question you could imagine asking to Ooh. us, maybe, hopefully about video games, uh, fast food maybe. Uh, let's maybe just kind of stick around video games if possible, but... Click the send button through the magic of the internet. We will actually get it. And mm-hmm. it all ends up here. We haven't been able to answer a, a ton of these like we wanted to. Uh, we, we weren't able to do it the last episode since Billy was out. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to try to this time. So we can clear out, clear out our system, clear out our sinuses, all that good stuff. Mm. Mm. So we can start, hopefully start 2022 clean with a clean slate of listener questions oh. and uh it's it feels good it's gonna feel good it's gonna feel really good no oh, yeah we've been we've been sitting on a lot of these for a long time and uh <laughs> questions about sp- episode six i can't wait to answer those <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, we're gonna start off with uh walkover and he's uh he's, what's on his mind it's just he's a surprise but uh he says uh did you know that the best version of pac-man is on the game boy advance NES Classic Pac-Man. Why? Because it's harder, plus you can save your high score. It makes me wonder why on earth Nintendo Namco didn't make a high score top 10 list possible with the NES version. The earth could have saved at least 20 pounds of paper from all of my manually written down high score lists. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the simple answer is that on the NES, there weren't a lot of games that used the save battery. That was a huge deal at the time. when Zelda had it, mm-hmm. you know... Um, uh, all the Final Fantasy, all those games had them later on. In fact, it was more common later on. But early on, very, 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 very rare to have them. And, and most of them were passwords. And no one's going to want to do passwords for high scores. Most people wouldn't, at least. Um, but, you know, also, you're try- you're talking about back in a time when the previous systems had no way to save those things. Unless you're on a computer, if you're playing on the Atari or the television or ColecoVision, your high scores are just gone after you turn the console off. So, eh, it wasn't too shocking. Um, I-, I don't know if I'd say that's the best version of Pac-Man, um, but it's... I have not played that version. I play the NES version, but I've never played the Game Boy version. Um, I, I really like the, uh, the the versions they put up more recently, like the the Championship Edition or whatever. Where they're like the boards are basically the same, but then there's you know half the board is full and half is not, and once you get so many, you have to get to the fruit instead to clear the board out. I mean, it's a different kind of game. It doesn't really play like Pac-Man necessarily, uh, but I like those a lot. Uh, but I also am a big fan of just going and finding the Miss Pac-Man arcade game that's going to be at every you know beach arcade and playing that because it's the only old arcade game they have there anymore that in galaga i'm i'm fine with that so i'm glad to hear there's a good console version of the original pac-man that's uh, that does save your high score i'm sure billy uh would tell you it's the best version he's a big pac-man guy um yeah i mean yeah i kind of you know i you know didn't your parents tell you if you didn't have something nice to say <laughs> not to say anything at all i were talking about pac-man i mean the best version of pac-man i mean okay it's like you know it's it's uh, it's the least stank shit Right. Well, the, good, good. I mean, Pac fans, have at it. What's your have worst? At it. What's your least favorite version of Pac Man? <laughs> Probably the fucking Atari one I had when I was a kid. Um, I mean, I believe it or not, I have not sought out home versions of Pac Man. Um, 
No, we had it for the Atari, and it was horrendous. Um, God, I mean, I, I, all of them. I don't, I don't care for Pac Man. We're gonna have to Pac-Lan. do. Pac Man. I'm a Pac Land man. Pac Land guy. You're the only one. Um, Jerry, what's your what's your favorite and least favorite Pac Man? Uh, my favorite's always going to be the original arcade version, just because that's that is the most Pac Man you can get. Actually, okay, so the arcades, Pac Man original arcade. On home console, it is going to be, uh, what is it? The the crazy one that they did. Um, Pac-Man 2, yeah. The Adventures of Pac-Man or whatever? The side-scrolling no. game that has like a glider? Uh, no, but I, I kind of love that one on a different level. Um, this is the one that was on like Xbox 360 where everything's just crazy. Yeah, the Championship the Edition or whatever that's called. Championship that's what I was talking about. That's, that's really what good I'm one. thinking of. Uh, that's my favorite console version. And as you mentioned, the one, the weird kind of adventure game. Uh, pac-man is such a strange game but i kind of love it it's terrible uh but those are those are probably my favorite ones i i don't think i've ever played pac-man on the game boy advance yep pac-man was just always that game that everyone put on everything uh it it was it was always the back then anyway if your system didn't have pac-man on it then what are you doing you got to have pac-man on it and i always judged if your system was worth me uh, paying attention to it was it whether it had pac-man or mrs pac-man on there so i think most systems passed that test back then even the uh the, the little portable games that were available back then little arcade cabinet things the mini ones you remember those the lcd ones yeah those little lcd ones oh i wanted those so bad those look so cool i, I know remember. i wanted them just to have the cabinets i didn't care about the game i just wanted to have them for cabinets I thought those were just magical. I saw those in one of those in Sears one day, and I, I was just like, "Oh my god, this, this!" But it was out of my price range as a kid. If it was above uh, what a uh, He-Man action figure cost, then I was <laughs> I wasn't getting it. Um, but yes, thank you, Walkover, for letting us know about Game Boy Advance Pac-Man. Now, this next email, I'm going to apologize because I have been trying to find the the person who wrote this, and I cannot. I have it on my notes. Usually the, how this goes is like you send in one of the one of your questions, it will eventually get to my notes because I, I co- copy and paste it. And I have not put all the relevant information on this one because I totally missed the actual name of the person who sent it in. And I cannot for the life of me find it by digging through all of the notes on the actual like uh, inbox on the website. So I'm just going to apologize. I'm going to keep looking while we're answering these questions. But this one's been sitting here for a while just because I can't find the name and I feel really just bad. make up it. a name. For now. Uh, Dilly Balladay. All right. Writes in. Oh, asks, hey, this is going to be good. <laughs> we all know him. He's all our best friend. Uh, he, he's writing in about Yakuza. Hey, guys, just wanted to say thanks for your podcast, helping me get through the early morning work shifts all the way in sunny northern Ireland. Was just wondering if any of you guys have an interest in the Yakuza series. The series has gone on to become one of my favorite ever and has made me more determined to visit Japan one day. So you guys a fan of Yakuza? I um I have not played any of them, but I I own a couple. Um because it's it's just it's it's those games where, yeah, I, I know a lot of people that have enjoyed them and speak very highly of them. And I, I've, you know, I've, I've kept an eye on on sales and and snagged a couple up, um, but have not played yet. Uh, what I've seen, it it looks. Uh, 
looks fun. Uh, this last one looks like it was fucking just nuts. I played the first one on the PlayStation 2, and I loved it. And because I, you know, it's it's essentially Sega's expansion of what they started with the Shenmue series. I mean, it's not mm. Shenmue, yeah. Yeah. but it's it's got the open worldness of Shenmue, but then it's got a lot of combat and it's got a story that drives you along. It's all you know based on the Japanese mafia stuff. It's it's good. Uh, that first game starts out where it's very much kind of down to earth, and then it becomes kind of crazy later on. I know the series gets nuts all around. I've only played the first one. And Yakuza Zero, which I think it's pronounced, it doesn't matter. I never say it right anyway. I say everything wrong according to everyone who writes in. So I'm gonna just keep saying Yakuza, even though it's wrong. Um I think you're right. I think you're right. But but Zero is really, really good. And I feel bad that I haven't finished it, but it's a matter of entirely uh when I play these games, if my kids are home, I can't play that game. Because there's a lot of language, there's a lot of stuff going on in it. Um I could I could play it at night, but I haven't because I'm playing 70,000 other things for this podcast. Uh, but I played a lot of, of Zero, and it's very, very good. I want to go back because you can get all... I think if you have a PS4, you can get essentially everything. Uh, all seven, or all six of the games. Well, seven if you include Zero. Um, and then the... What's the new one? Like a Dragon. Like, I'd like to play that too. I, I love these games, despite that I've only played two of them. I think they're really cool, but they're huge time sinks if you're going to try to really get into it. In fact, in Zero... I mean, I got the story far enough where I was happy with it, but then I was playing slot cars with kids. I was walking around just, you know, trying to stop this guy from smelling girls' underwear. Like, it's it's a crazy game with all these side quests that I don't want to miss because they're all so nuts. Uh, and, and the combat itself is fun and rewarding, and it feels good. Like, it feels like you're really breaking people in half. I, I love that. But, yeah, so so those games are awesome, and um, and I would highly recommend them. If, if you are a fan of Shenmue and wished it was a little tougher, a little faster, that's the kind of game for you. I think I, w- I would like it in theory. It's one of those games I've never actually played, and at this point, I don't even know where to start because zero. there's so many of them. Start with zero. zero is that it? I mean, the, okay. the, the first game is very slow. They redid the first and second as you know, uh, the Kiwami games or whatever, and they're fine. Mm-hmm. But if you play Zero, it's kind of the best of everything until you get into... Like a Dragon's different. Like a Dragon kind of takes mm-hmm. some of the combat, and I think it changes up the combat, but the, the it's, it's all the weird side stuff mainly is in that game. Uh, and that's what to... I usually see. I, that stuff appeals to me. Uh, I remember at some point I, I was going through my Twitch channels and there was just like this old man in a thong gyrating on the screen. Yeah, that's zero. Reason. Actually, it's probably yeah, all yeah. of them, but it's definitely in zero. It's probably all of them I, at some point. It, it gets a little uncomfortable, I think, with some of the, the side stuff, but whatever. Uh, you know, it's it. I would like to play them, but like you said, it seems like a huge time sink to, to even start with one of those. Uh, they they seem like the, it it takes a lot of time to to even make it through one of them, let alone follow the story through to a conclusion. Uh, but you know, I'm saying that, but yet I beat the entirety of Final Fantasy 14 early this, <laughs> earlier this year, so I can't really. Oh, know, did you finish Endwalker? Apparently, everybody loves Endwalker. I need to. I, I need to get on that one. I'm kind of taking a break because it took so much life out of me to spend. I think it's like 170 hours to beat the entire thing. Uh, so I'm I'm getting there. Hey, for an MMO, finish. that's fast. The MMO, that's not, that's not too I, bad. You know, it it didn't feel that long as as much as people said. Like that's, that game's so long. Like just playing it through, there were definitely parts of it. You know, just the MMO parts of like go, running back and forward to people. That felt like a long time. But just getting through the story and all of that stuff, like it didn't feel like it took that long because it was so good. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Inwalker. We'll see about Yakuza. 
because I, I think I would actually really enjoy the, the craziness of all of that. Uh, so thank you, Fishy Milliday, for writing in. I'm going to find your name. I'm determined to do so. We have mm. we have one patron in Ireland that I know of. So if it's Metal Dooley, thank you for the letter. We'll see. I, I'll, I'll go through. The, I'm going to keep going through this. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for writing in. Our next question comes from Ben in Illinois. Guess what, Ben? Your question didn't come through. Oh. Our... Uh, <laughs> our <laughs> Our, our cool contact form has decided to eat your question and spit it into the ether. We did not get it. So I'm sorry that you've waited this long to hear your question. God and then it's not here. I didn't actually notice that until I was going through the inbox today to finish up all of this stuff. Please ben, feel free to write back in. Send it back. We'll answer it immediately. On we will answer it. It will be the first on the list for the next podcast. Well, you could kick off feel... 2022 in style with Ben from Illinois. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll kick off 2022 in style um, with Ben from Illinois. Thanks for that question, Ben. Uh, <laughs> our next question comes from not Mario, uh, and he wants his wife is on his mind. Oh, that's All good. right, I'm just gonna say it. My wife has a Mario fetish. I don't know if it's from her childhood oh, or what, Jesus. but but about <laughs> once. Uh, oh. Okay. Get your minds out of the gutter, all right? Maybe this isn't going where we think it's going to go. I guarantee it's going where we think it's going to go. Keep going. I don't know if it's from her childhood or what, but about once a month, she makes me dress up as Mario yep. and turns on the underwater theme from Super Mario Brothers 1. Oh. We met at a gaming con, so both of us really love retro games, but I think this is a bit much. She makes me say, it's a me. And other, <laughs> was that a, Did you guys like my Mario? That was dead on. That I did? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. okay. It, it's a me and other tropes during the ordeal. And when I'm about to reach the top of the flagpole, oh, she makes me say, I got, the fi- I got the fire flower, and here comes the fireball. It's all just a bit much. Mario's never what said should those I things. D- <laughs> what should I do? And yes, she dresses as Peach. Well, you know, okay. That's better. I thought he was about to say she dresses like, like Bowser or Luigi, so I- I'm willing to accept mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, honestly, hey, look, if you find somebody that wants to do that with you, and all they want is that once a month for you to just like Mario and yell that you have the fire flower, then just yeah. do it, man. Just go for it. Good for I, you. Yeah, I, I hope that I hope you never come home unexpectedly one day and 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 you find a Wario there. Uh, that's 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 concerning. So just, you know that that might happen. I don't know if you have a brother or a cousin that you know that runs a little bit on the the, the evil side of things. Keep an eye on them if you do. Uh, yeah, if you got if you go in there one day and there's a Waluigi just laying there in bed, <laughs> and she's just wah wah, you know that's wah. <laughs> yell wah <Maybe>. for me. Wah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't feel anything until you yell it right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, go with it. Uh, enjoy it while you're on top of the mountain. That's all I can say. Cause yeah. you could. You, you know, you could just be getting punched in the face or something like that. So that's yeah. for the uh, that's for the Yakuza fans. Yeah, that's for the <laughs> Yakuza fans, or you know, in a thong gyrating wildly. Though you know that could be going along with the Waluigi stuff. So. Wah. Uh, <laughs> 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 I need you to get in costume. Our <laughs> Waluigi impersonations are spot on. I'm not gonna lie. I think, I think we're good. I think we're really good on those. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I'm sorry about the Mario. I'm working on my Mario impression. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Uh, but thank you, not Mario. Uh, we will, we, we'll, 
We, we can only <laughs> hope to achieve that at some point in our lives. Yeah. Anyway, our next question comes in from Tori Thanos. And uh, they're writing in about the Infinity Sauce Gauntlet. If the Infinity Gems were sauces instead of stones, oh, now this what, is sauce, us. what sauces <laughs> would they be? I mean, oh my God. If you're going to go with the, the five, uh, how many Infinity Gems are there? Five or six? Six, right? <coughs> so you got, you got the core three McDonald's sauces. You got to have barbecue, sweet and sour, and hot mustard because hot mustard is the best McDonald's sauces. And I don't want to hear an argument otherwise. Uh, then the, the fourth would be honey. I know they give out honey there, and I used to dip my nuggets in it, and it's actually an incredible nugget sauce. Then you want a buffalo sauce and gravy. That's my six. How's he doing this so quick? I'm gravy a, is I, a uh, sauce. I love sauce. That gravy's not a sauce. Gravy's no, gravy is a, gravy. is a sauce. Or a drink. It really no. depends on your mood. I, yeah, I, I, yes, totally, but it's not a sauce. <laughs> you don't put gravy on... That's a, a gravy's gravy. That's a different food thing. Okay, right? then I, if, if, if I can't that, count that, what? then I'm going to count gochujang Asian sauce is my fifth, my sixth <laughs> sauce instead of gravy. Grudgingly, because I would say gravy's a sauce. What about you, Billy? What do you got? I'm not going to be able to fucking... Uh, this guy, he, he's been waiting his whole life for this, apparently. I started this um, podcast with you guys solely so someone could ask me about McDonald's sauces. <laughs> and I was ready. I was ready. This is my moment. Is this only, is this only McDonald's? No, it's no, any it's, sauce. It's, but it's, McDonald's it's, sauces... It's the, look, let's be man, honest. If you're talking nugget sauces, you're going to start with McDonald's. And you can branch the hell out. But you got to start with McDonald's. I love that fucking um, KFC... Oh, God. The Nashville, the fuck, the Nashville gold. I love the sauce from that. The the sauce was on the chicken, but it always dripped into the box. And oh. I would use that to dip up, dip other things in. Oh, um, Popeyes had that Mardi Gras mustard. I remember I enjoyed. Yeah, that was fine, but that's that's basically it's just a spicier mustard. Well, hey, this is my list. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry for ruining. This is list. my list. Damn it. Um, I, I like fucking. Uh, I'm. I'm, I'm pretty basic. I like some Arby sauce too. Just plain. I like some Chick-fil-A, the Chick-fil-A sauce. How many are we up to? I don't know. I lost count as soon as you said four? you were I think that's gravy. four. McDonald's sweet and sour. How do we, is nacho cheese, is that, is that even? If else? gravy is not a sauce, then nacho cheese is not a sauce. But I would oh, argue that on. it is in fact a sauce. Nacho cheese is made for dipping. Um, yeah, no, Jeremy is the arbiter of what's a sauce or not. So, is nacho cheese a sauce? Yes, nacho cheese is a sauce, and yet sauce. gravy is not. This is garbage. No, gravy is a. Ugh. <laughs> you <put that laughs> on your mashed potatoes, and that's what oh. it's for. And occasionally, your macaroni and cheese. No, wait. If you but can put it on is... mashed potatoes, then you can dip your wait, fries in it wait, by wait, whoa, definition. Whoa. I've got to. Um, they're so similar. I'm going to take the Chick Fil A sauce off. I'm just going to insert this plain yum yum sauce in place right. of it. Um, I mean that one. You keep it at home. You can use it on everything, man. And that's that's mine. Um, I, I'm not a big sauce man, but I, I do enjoy those. All right, how many? What is it now? Five or six? It was well, I, Infinity Gems. I believe there are six. Now, if we're wrong, six, please don't write us on that. We're not a comic book podcast. We are a video game podcast. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with McDonald's sweet and sour sauce, uh, Wendy's yeah. sweet barbecue sauce, uh, BW3's uh, honey honey barbecue sauce. I'm a big barbecue oh. sauce fan of that shit. 
um bw3's teriyaki sauce um god damn it while you're thinking there are in fact six and seven stones i'm very proud of myself Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. um also speaking of comic books the new hawkeye series is amazing everyone should watch it like just say great we gotta pause pause the fucking podcast now because i gotta think of two more guys i gotta go out and get some sauces and taste them and come back (laughs) you gotta think about this it's really hard we don't think about the game uh, questions. We put hours of time into sauce-related questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're really fucking. We started recording this, this in May, and that's how long it's taken us to go up with the sauce answer. Um, uh, Taco Bell's whatever weird sauce they put in shit. Their fire uh, sauce. Oh is man, good. I like their. You're talking fire about the sauce. spicy ranch. Yeah, the spicy ranch. Because uh, that's in like the the double thing. I don't. I don't know anything mm-hmm. about fast food anymore. Uh, what like happened five. to you? What happened? I, I don't <laughs> eat enough fast food these days. I'm sorry. Um, and I think uh, last place. Boy, our, gonna... list, our listenership's going to drop down. Ooh, I know. Losing I all our patrons. Um, sixth. Fuck. Pause the podcast. Just say gravy. Nacho cheese. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. You know what I like for cheese, honestly? And I only use it as dipping sauce when it's left over, but that Arby's beef and cheddar cheese, just let that fall <laughs> oh, off your yeah. plate and then yeah. scoop up the fries in it. Incredible. Because yeah. you also normally have the Arby sauce in there, too. That is a solid dipping sauce. I may make a bunch of that by getting seven beef and cheddars and just letting oh, things fall where it may. God. I could go. I'm going to have to get a beef and cheddar tomorrow. Uh, you're no, right. no, it's okay. The red, ranch, the red ranch sauce from Arby's is probably my favorite overall. Because I didn't know it existed for the longest time. For the longest time, I thought the beef and cheddar just used the standard Arby sauce as its second sauce. I didn't realize it was a totally different sauce. Oh. That you could actually order. And it is the Red Ranch sauce. And I was super excited about this because back in the day when I was a kid, they had a sandwich called the Super Roast <coughs> Beef. It was just oh, yeah. a, a larger roast beef sandwich with uh, shredded lettuce on it, a couple of tomatoes, and it had that Red Ranch sauce on it. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was just something that was only on that, and it was discontinued when the sandwich went away. But no, that is what it was. It's the Red Ranch sauce from Arby's. You can actually get it separate. It's not listed on anything. You have to ask for it. Otherwise, they just kind of slop it on the, the beef and cheddar, I think. So mm. uh, that, that's my favorite Arby sauce. I do like just the standard Arby sauce. But uh, yeah, the, the Red Ranch is, is really good. So thank you, Tori Thanos. That is going to be your questions. Uh, if you guys would like to write in to let us know, do you think gravy is a sauce or not? Please do so. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it now. Gravy is not a sauce. Oh. So, uh, next question comes in from J- Jonathan King, and he says he's enjoying the podcast. That's always a positive. That's, I like that. I like when people tell us they enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first time writer here. Love the podcast as it keeps me going while working my shitty 9 to 5. Have any of you played any of the Fatal Frame series of games? I've been thinking of emulating 1 through 3 on the PS2, but not sure if it's worth the time. Thanks for your response and the library of content. I, I've not actually played a Fatal, fatal Frame game, so I've that's always little, seen That's them. a little surprising for you. I, well, as mentioned before, I'm not a big fan on jump scares, and I'm pretty sure the Fatal yeah, Frame yeah. series is built around uh, mm. underage Japanese ghost girls jumping out at you. And mm. that's, I don't know. I don't think my heart can take such a thing. I, I like the idea of it. It seems definitely more like a, you know, g- capturing ghosts with your camera is a cool idea. Yeah. 
but yeah, I don't. I, I'm not a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of that other game recently where you're going around with the camera, uh, trying to see in the dark and stuff like that. So I don't. Pokemon, I don't think Pokemon that, Snap. Yeah, Pokemon <laughs> Snap. That one was rough. Yeah. I yeah. really only got through about like the first stage before I had to call it quits on that one. But um, yeah, this I, I can't really uh can't really do the jump scares with them. It's too creepy. The ghosts look just the, the whole ring girl thing. Yeah, I think yeah. Fatal Frame does that really <clears throat> well. But uh, I it's, it's I don't think I can do that one. My 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 experience with it is limited. I played, God, I want to say it was the second one, Crimson Butterfly, which I believe was 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 part two. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a different style horror game than kind of what we had. I, that was what the early two thousands. So you know we had we had our Resident Evils, our our Silent Hills. So this was, uh, was kind of a different approach to it. Now, I remember enjoying it. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if they just weren't easy to track down or not. Um, I I never saw the first one like out for 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 purchase or anything like that. And really didn't see any of the other ones. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the second one. I, it, it's a series that every now and then I I think about, because it pops up on a lot of the list. You know, I, I think it's, it's usually every year when I'm I'm kind of shopping around for ideas for us for, for Halloween episodes. Uh, you know, it, it'll, it'll make pretty much every list of the best horror games. Uh, but really, my experience was limited to the second one. And, and just based off that, um, I, I, I thought it was pretty pretty worthwhile to to play through um obviously it is uh it's not gonna be too pretty nowadays um and and i'm sure i can't quite recall i'm sure there's gonna be some some controller jank to deal with but uh yeah why why not it's a slower pace game and and i think the the ones on the the first few are probably the best ones you could play as far as uh you know the quality of them i've I, Mm i do know that the the wii version is uh i think it's a wii or wii u version whatever they made um for the is exclusive i think that one's terrible i've i've heard several things about that one so Mm. stay away from that one but i think all the ones that are on like the um the playstation 2 are pretty great see i i this the only one i've ever played any of is uh the one for the wii u is maiden of blackwater and i i mean other than the fact that it was a wii u exclusive which is going to make people mad because 17 people owned a wii u um, it's been re-released now for everything. It's on the PS4, PS5, and, and everything else. Um, I, I've heard nothing bad about it at all, other than that before it was hard to play. Um, so I would say, if you want to play a Fatal Frame game, uh, Maiden of Blackwater is, from what I played, it's got a lot of good like atmosphere. It felt creepy. Um, I didn't mm. play a lot of it. Uh, it's one of those games I was like, oh, I'll grab this because it's on the Wii U, and I just haven't, because I'm one of the seven Wii, support, Wii U supporters left. Um, but, but it's... I like... I liked the feel of it. It was very, very dark. I could only play it like when I was by myself alone at night. Otherwise, it was too bright in the house and I couldn't see anything. Uh, that's a bad sign for some games, but in a game for a Halloween style kind of jump scare stuff, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm talking. I, I think it's Fatal Frame Four. Okay, yeah, but the one I'm Made in Blackwater was a Wii U exclusive that came out in 2014, and it was uh, it was put out again for everything else more recently when everyone realized, hey, wait, the Wii U has no one mm-hmm. playing anymore. Uh, but yeah, I. I Maybe that's something we should probably play for the next Halloween episode that comes along. I think that would be a good fit. We're kind of running out of Silent Hill games at this point. And uh, we can only threaten so many bad Halloween games Mm. to play around that time of the year before people stop listening to the podcast. So, yeah, I think that would actually be a a pretty cool one to explore when that comes around next time. 
Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Jonathan King, for writing in. Play the Fatal Frame games. If you like jump scares and you like uh, Japanese ghost girls jumping out at you, I think you might be into it. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of neat. It's definitely different from, from the rest of the bunch. Our next question comes in from Chris, and he says, You're amazing podcast. It's, it's just love all around tonight. Hey, this is the third time I've written in. The contact form is the tits. It is. I know. I keep telling mm. people that. They don't listen to me. I've been binge listening to your podcast for about the entirety of 2021 and just finished episode 132 on the lemmings on on lemmings. Your podcast has taken up my drive to and from work every day. It used to consist of talking to my wife the whole way. Oh God. <laughs> Damn. I appreciate yeah. the dis- I appreciate the distraction from the mundane. God. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Perhaps we should have edited that for him. We're we're very sorry for listening to this with your wife. That is (laughs) not great. Don't punch (laughs) him. He might be driving. Mm. Keep up the amazing work. And I almost forgot. Play Solstice for the NES. Ah, I think we've had someone request that before. I would love to play Solstice for the NES. As I mentioned, I played Lumo on the Switch. It's very, very similar. And if nothing else, I'll play it on our our Twitch channel at some point. Thank you for the, the kind words. Um... I especially like the the art form in which people compliment one thing by tearing down the other. Um, so thank you for for all the nice things you had to say at the at the expense of your your spouse. And and if you're single now, uh, we don't we this we're now. not responsible for that. But, but if you yeah, want to win her, if you want to win her back over, if this causes a little rift around the house, and you want to you want to try to. Uh, Try to get her get her back over. Maybe, maybe pick up the Mario costume. It's working for at least another <laughs> one of our listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's weird. Uh, you know, it's still to this day when anyone writes in, it's like, we're, I'm listening to this with someone or something, or even uh-huh. just people listening to the podcast. I still think it's weird. Nobody should listen to this. What are we even doing? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you, uh, Chris, for writing in. We're going to try to keep doing this. We've made it to 2022. None of us have died yet. Billy came damn close. I tried. Uh, a couple times. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I, 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 can, I can do better, though. Just wait and see. We'll, we'll see. 2022 is, hasn't happened yet. So, um, But yeah, uh, thanks for writing in. Don't, don't you know, your, your girlfriend may be mundane, but maybe listen to her whenever we're just kind of stuttering around. So... Our next question comes in from something dumb that rhymes with Billy Holiday. And All right, let's go. They want to know about fast food perfection, so it's right up our alley. Oh God, we've already covered sauces, so let's let's go with the actual food. I said something about this on the the, the official Discord channel. But it also needs to be mentioned on the podcast so that this message can reach all the lost souls out there. I have sung the praises of the Taco Bell steak breakfast burrito many times, and I am once again here to ask or to act as their emissary. <laughs> if you have not tried the double steak grilled cheese burrito and you're not <laughs> listening to this while currently in the drive through to get one, you are missing out. Go get one now and come back to the end of this question. I'll wait. Right, no, what on. a we're fucking waiting. what a what a name! Hold on, hold, we're wait, we're waiting. Hold on. There, you see, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it before they take it off the menu, like everything else I have ever loved. <laughs> was that was that the whole question? 
That's the whole question. We're done waiting now. You can answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have an answer. I've never had it. Uh, despite the several times it's been mentioned, perhaps I should change that. Yeah, I, I haven't had it either. Um, Bill, oh, damn. You had this one. This, was this the one you said was just a big, greasy pile of shit? Uh, that was most. That was the entirety of the Taco Bell. Is this a breakfast item? No, this is not a breakfast. So this is the one that has like the... Uh, it's the grilled burrito, basically, but they put like a uh, shredded uh, cheddar cheese on top, and then they've kind of grilled that so that. Oh, I don't. You... I, I I didn't say that from personal experience. I mean, it's just just hearing it. I, you know, it's a big greasy pile of shit. But I mean, that's not necessarily bad in in the fast food world. <laughs> um, you know, a big greasy pile of shit could be very complimentary towards a fast food item also. Um, you don't want to be called that. You just don't want to be called that as a person. No, but, that's uh, a host of retro radios. <laughs> you don't want that. But 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 a Taco Bell menu item, I, that, that might be complimentary. But no, I, I have not had that one. Welcome Personally, to the Retro but... podcast, home of three greasy piles of shit. <laughs> Our best iTunes review yet. Oh, uh, man. No, I've, I've actually had this one, Mason. We know it's you. <laughs> we know it's you. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's your, the official uh, Taco Bell contact uh, that we have. I have had this one. I, I did order it. And it's okay. I, I did like it. But the uh, the way they, I don't know, the cheddar cheese and stuff on top, the way they grill it, it's just, it is a kind of a big greasy mess. It's just a big poopy baby diaper whenever you start eating it. Because it comes with white paper around it. And everything's kind of falling apart. If you touch it, you're gonna like slide off walls for a day. Uh, it's it's really really greasy. But I did like it. It's 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 not bad for for anything from Taco Bell. And of course, I think it has actually gone off the menu at this point. So unfortunate. Hopefully, they bring back the uh, naked chicken. What is it? Oh, naked the naked chicken chalupa. Chalupa. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah, go. I'm, I'm all right with that one. Sometimes you get those and they're dry as a fucking desert, though. But <laughs> it's all right. But thank you, writing in, Mason. And uh, we'll look forward to the next time that, that Taco Bell comes up with a new, <laughs> new item that you're here to advertise. I hope you're getting paid handsomely. Our next uh, question comes in from the third party memory card. I, I think you Okay. And he's, he's writing in to ask about video game controllers. Well, a great big hell the fuck oh, Retrovaniacs. I wanted to ask you guys about controllers, specifically secondary controllers, whether they may be first party or aftermarket. We all know about some of the awesomely designed controllers that came from that came standard with their respective consoles, but what about some of the fantastic ones that put out later, either by the console manufacturer themselves or a great third party? Things like Sega six-button controller for the Genesis, for example, or some of the great 8-bit do or do, however you say that name, controllers being put out nowadays for consoles like the Switch. Do you have any that stick out for you? For me, I still remember when I got a WaveBird for my GameCube. Even though the layout was essentially the same as a standard GameCube controller, something about the freedom of being wireless and the overall weight, fit, and finish of the WaveBird just felt so premium. I remember it made me want to play my GameCube more just because it felt so good to do so with that controller. So what about you? Any favorite non-pack-in controllers that you still remember fondly? Thanks as always for all the great content. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, one of the one of the first was uh, 
Uh, and this was an official, you know, NES controller, but that that advantage. Oh yeah, the uh, the, the stick uh, that was oh that was hot shit. Um, I, that was the only way that I could I could play through Skate or Die. Um, yeah, especially the the part with the, the half pipe where you had to climb up. There is a GameCube controller for the life of me. I can't recall who it was from, but it was uh, um it it looked identical. It didn't really make any waves, but it was a little bit smaller, just slightly smaller than the the standard GameCube controller. Um, and I played the. I wish I remember the name of it because I I would because I'm shopping around for GameCube again. I would buy up another one right now. Um, but yeah, the, the, and it was it was so basic. They didn't didn't really change anything with it had a good weight to it felt like a gamecube controller except just marginally smaller and and i thought it just made playing a lot of games on there um just just much easier for whatever reason maybe it was all in my head maybe it was and it came in a god it came in a nifty orange color and that thing was it and i would take it with me uh you know if we had double dash at, at a friends even if they had controllers um, I would always just tote that thing around and yeah, I, man, I wish I could remember the name of it. Other than that, I really haven't dealt, um, not to say I haven't dealt in secondary controllers. I just haven't dealt in a lot of good ones. Um, I, I've, I've gone through countless three, <laughs> 360 controllers back in the day, you know, to get your, your, you know, corded controller with the long cord on it. So you wouldn't have to worry about batteries, but they, they, they all kind of sucked. They all felt hollow inside. Um, so I haven't really dealt with a lot of um, third-party controllers. Um, I do. I feel that that Switch Pro controller yes. um, is maybe the best controller I've used, period, for anything. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, it, it is one of those that, that you know, kind of justifies the price, uh, I feel. Um, Especially if you're 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 playing, you know, a lot of games like Zelda, whatnot on there, things that you know, a traditional controller, you know, it works a little bit better for you. Um, but no, that that NES Advantage was maybe the first one I ever had, and it is the the one that stands out. And that poor GameCube controller, the name of which I cannot recall, um, that I also loved. But otherwise, it's 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 a market that I uh, I haven't dipped into too often. Yeah, after, I mean, the Nintendo, I wanted the Advantage so bad, I got one. I, I had a Max. It wasn't as good, but at the time, I loved it. Now, I think the Max is the tiniest controller ever. With my big, fat hands now, it's it's completely uncomfortable. I feel like I'm holding, like, like a tiny, tiny phone. It's not useful. Uh, but the Advantage is still really good. Um, and then, for the Super Nintendo, I, I like the standard controller. I didn't like the Super Advantage as much. It was fine, but I just didn't think it needed it, because the regular Super Nintendo controller was so good. And after that, the regular PlayStation controller, regular... Um, I, I like the second Saturn controller. The first Saturn controller is a little uncomfortable. Same with Xbox when they got the second version of the Xbox controller. I liked it, but generally the packing controller, like even up to now, is what I normally use, except for that Switch Pro controller. Literally the first day I had a Switch, I went out and bought another controller because I was like, yeah, these 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 little um, Joy-Cons aren't going to work for me uh, and my big-ass hands. They work fine for games that need the motion control and stuff, but to just use a regular controller, yeah, the pro controller is the way to go. I was more thinking about things like the the special controllers, not ones like that only work for one game, but ones that would 
kind of worked for a handful of games. Like for the the PlayStation, they had the Nejicon that Namco put out. That was really like this twisty remote controller. And they had the one that came with Ridge Racer that had like a dial in the middle. Those were all really cool controllers that worked really well for the games that they were made for. But otherwise, they weren't as useful. So they're not as good as the, as the pack-ins. Um, yeah, I guess if, I, if I'm going to go for a standard controller that works good for every game, I have to, to say for current systems, it's pretty much just the Switch Pro controller. And then going back to things like that second Saturn controller, the six-button Genesis controller, and uh, and when they first introduced on the PlayStation, the uh, it was before it was a DualShock, they just had the regular controller with the analog sticks. I thought that was really cool before they made that the standard. I love the NES Advantage. The Super NES Advantage was probably be up there but it was so goddamn stiff like yeah. it was almost impossible to play anything with that thing um the other ones i can think of was when super street fighter 2 turbo came out in 3do capcom put out their own controller because the the 3do controller was not ideal for really any game <laughs> and they put out this really strange kind of I, I don't know you, you just kind of need to look it up it's it's like a, a stick almost, but then it kind of came off with this weird table to the side where the buttons are, and it was it's it's actually pretty comfortable when you use it. But you look at it, and you're just like, I don't know, I ain't never touching that thing. But it it was really cool. Uh, the only other ones I really used was the uh, ASCII pad for the Super NES that had like all the turbos and slow down button. The more turbo and slow down buttons you could put on a controller. To where if it like looks like one of those old 1970s uh, computers or something, <laughs> I, I that made it even better for me. So mm-hmm. that one replaced the the actual uh, Super NES pack-in controller for me. These days, of course, the Switch controller you get uh, the Pro Switch controller. You got to have that. You can't play a video game with the Switch unless you know you can try your best in portable mode and you can do it. It's not very comfortable. And if you're gonna use it in, in like connected to your TV. You got to have that damn thing. Or at least one of the 8-bit Dell controllers that he mentioned. Those are very good controllers. The Xbox Series controllers, I do enjoy those. They're pretty good if you can get one that works well. Uh, but yeah, I I usually just use the pack-in controller if they're good enough. But yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there. And I know there's a lot of people that love a lot of really crappy controllers just because that's all they had back then. That's what they got used to. So... Uh, it's it's really hard to, you know, be like, oh, that, that controller sucked. If you got good at it, and then that was the, that was your controller. So uh, there's there's a lot of people out there that <laughs> that are, were playing with some stuff. I'm just like, how do you even play a game on that? But you know, again, that's just what you get used to. Uh, but thank you, third party memory card. That's a whole other subject on its own for writing in. And uh, yeah, uh, third party controllers can be pretty cool. Next question comes in from Celeste. We know her. She says, happy holidays, fellas. Thank you. Hello, Jeremy, Jeremy, and Billy. I wanted to write in to wish you... Yeah, I know. I wanted to write in to wish you three a happy holiday season. I know this year has been challenging, and I want to thank you for adding humor and joy to my podcast feed. Now Mm. for the reason that I'm writing in. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, the buttering up's over. (laughs) Uh, if you had to pick one seasonal snack that makes its rounds this time of the year, which one is your favorite? I always look forward to at least one McDonald's holiday pie. Oh. Uh, can we can we count drink? Sure. Yeah, I definitely. Think so. Yeah. 
Yeah. That fucking cranberry sprite that rolls around Christmas time is no joke. Yeah, fuck yeah, that shit's good. Oh my god, I I have to remember. I'm making. I'm going to the store tomorrow. I need to remember to to get about a dozen of them and throw them in my cart before it's all said and done. But um, yeah, yeah cause cause I'm not a big not a big snack snack guy for the most part. But that fucking that Christmas cranberry sprite that rolls around brings a lot of joy to my season. Uh, anything gingerbread is I'm going to pick. It's not a specific thing every year. Every mm. you know, like they've mm. had gingerbread life cereal that was actually really good. They've had gingerbreads uh, like uh, one of the, the the chocolate striped cookies or whatever. They've had those in gingerbread. Those are really good. This year, I found the Kit Kats in gingerbread outstanding. Highly recommend those. Uh, the gingerbread. Did they do Oreos. Uh, they've had gingerbread Oreos last year. They were okay. They were <laughs> not as good as you'd think. But okay. that's kind of how Oreo is. They 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 surprise you with ones you think would suck, and then the ones you're like, oh, these are gonna be amazing. Uh, taste like yeah. Play-Doh. And and gingerbread was better than Play-Doh, but not great. Uh, the, mm. the gingerbread Mountain Dew this year was not bad until somebody said it just tastes like flat ginger ale, which it does, and now I'm sad. But I liked it at first because mm. it has a pretty can. Uh, that's something that people should use to say about me as well. And the, <laughs> at the gingerbread uh, Kit Kats, I'd say this year, if, if I could get those every year, they are just sweet enough to be good, but not too sweet to be gross. That was the problem with a lot of, like mm. anything pumpkin spice mm. too. Like sometimes it's like, oh, that's good with a little bit of a hint of pumpkin spice, but instead everyone goes like full-blown pumpkin spice and it's not great. Uh, but mm. yeah, gingerbread Kit Kats this year, I'm pulling out. Mm. About the only thing that I really try to get once a year is, and this is going to be very rote, but the, the Starbucks uh, pumpkin spice thing that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, just grown all you want about pumpkin spice. But I, that's about the one kind of holiday drink thing that I will mm-hmm. actually get. Mm-hmm. And I don't, besides the cranberry sprite, that is one of the best chasers oh, that you, money can buy. You cannot get a better chaser than cranberry that's, sprite. That is correct. It'll get you through the toughest holiday gatherings, it, it will get you through the toughest alcohol that you can buy. Uh, <laughs> I should know because there was one year where. The liquor store only had some some very uh, oh, let's no. say questionable vodka, and that was <laughs> that was I took I took it home took Ooh. one shot. Usually I don't chase much with alcohol. I don't know about you mm-hmm. guys. I don't mix. I just take it you know shot by shot because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an old alcoholic. <laughs> but <laughs> there are some alcohols that are so terrible tasting that I have to have some sort of chaser with it. And uh, that one, it literally stripped my throat immediately. Mm. Um, and the only thing I had was was cranberry sprite, and that did it. it that did it. And it, I've been a fan of it ever since. So, <laughs> if you're an alcoholic and you really like the holidays, check out cranberry sprite. <laughs> That's it. I, I have two That's questions maybe. that tie to that. Being uh, how alcohol are either you guys nog guys? I'm not an eggnog guy. Hell no. Can't I do can it. Drink. I can drink an eggnog. Here and there, nah. uh, but I—it's very tiny, a very tiny bit. There was an yeah. office party that I went to that did a, a like a white Russian with eggnog instead of milk, mm. and mm. that wasn't bad. But then I threw up for like two hours straight <laughs> after I drank it. So uh, I don't think I can mix eggnog with with a lot of alcohol anyway. I, I just I can't do it. It's one of those I try um, every now and then. And this year was a year I tried it again. It's it's not going to be for me. Yeah, I'm not normally a hard liquor guy at all. Even a mixed drink, I'm just not. I'll drink them, but I'd rather just drink beer. Uh, but but Jeremy, since you're in kind of the Midwest sort of, you're not quite there, but almost there. Uh, do you have Malort near you? Uh, we probably do. I don't know. What the hell is it? it? It's a Chicago thing, really. But it's uh, 
it is an acquired taste. The the bass player for Subtastics is from that area and, you know, tries to push it on people. And I'm one of the few people that could, seems to kind of like it. It sort of tastes like if you strained uh, like a rotting orange through a sock and then drank it. But uh, but I kind of like it. It's weird to describe something that way, but it does. It tastes just like that. You know, maybe uh, combining that with some cranberry Sprite would oh, make mm. that into something that I mm-hmm. can drink. Um, but no, I have not had any more. Uh, it, it, you know, well, it, it really just depends on how desperate I get. I'll, I'll check that out. See what, I, if I can find that around here. So anyway, Celeste, thank you for letting us all remember just how horrible we are, <laughs> how much alcohol we drink. Um, mm. but yeah, uh, thank you for, for hanging around. Uh, we, we always appreciate you listening. Uh, you're the one positive person that we can hang on to. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the the question, next question comes in from Brian Greemore. And he wants to know about Xeno Gears. Xeno Gears? Xeno Gears. Xeno Gears? I think it's I think Xeno Gears is fine. I think we know what you're talking about. Let's go with Xeno Gears. That one uh Squaresoft RPG. <laughs> hey guys, just wanted to say that I really enjoyed the podcast. We're like three no. we got like a hat trick going on with this shit. I've been binging the F out of it because that's what because that's what you do when you're a thirty nine year old man living in the past and wondering what happened to his life. Oh, well, yeah, you, this, you start yeah, your own this, podcast. This is a relatable piece of mail. Yeah, shit got real. I know this is a tall order, but if you could at some point do an episode on Xenogears and discuss its insane storyline, I could mm. die happy. Anyway, keep up the good work. Y'all are fantastic, and I appreciate the work you put into this. Sincerely, Brian. Yeah, Brian, I would love to cover more RPGs, but frankly, the time involved with a game, especially Xenogears, is a long game. Uh, mm. I mean, if if we were all very familiar with it or if we're all willing to say, hey, well, let's put in the time over X months to finish it and talk about it, maybe I would be that would be possible. But we don't cover a lot of RPGs solely for the time. Um, this this last three months, uh, it looks like maybe two months on our Discord channel, we've been doing a group play together of Final Fantasy VIII, uh, mainly because one Jesus. of the listeners uh, on our Discord, Mentheon, uh, wanted to play it and make me go through it again. But I've actually found it's much more enjoyable with everyone playing it. I, I think Xenogears might be a fun option for a, a group play at some point. But as a regular podcast game, just due to the amount of time, I don't see that happening only because it, it is going to be, you know, we have to do five episodes a month now. And, uh, and finding time to play a 100-hour RPG makes it mm-hmm. real, real tough. Yeah, I mean, come on. Hey, if... It- Chances are I'm not going to get to die happy. So you don't either, buddy. All right? At the current trajectory. Things might turn around for both of us. Who knows? But we're more likely to play Xeno Gear, uh, you know, your game before things turn around for me. But <laughs> This is great advice to give to everybody. I don't get to live a good life, so fuck you. That's, um, that's right. I actually, I'm a big Xeno Gears fan. I played the first. I played uh, Xenosaga, mm-hmm. Xenosaga 2. Uh, I think they're pretty cool games. I think Xenosaga is a complete fucking mess as far as the story goes. You're right. Mm. I think a lot of that comes down to the translation. I mm. think, well, the original Japanese storyline anyway is crazy, and it got a very, very iffy translation to English. So it mm. was even made less sense when I played it as a kid. But I think that could be fun. I think that would be a, a neat fit mm-hmm. for that but that is a very very <coughs> long rpg a very long rpg mm. so we will see about that in the future i, I mean I can I, that. honestly there is a scenario in which this works 
get everybody you know <clears throat> pitching on that Patreon. Uh, we'll we'll crunch the numbers and see how many it's going to take before we can just all retire. Um, hell, I'll I'll play all the RPGs you want. You want me to play one? I, fine, in depth. In depth, if you want me to. Yeah, and if you would actually like to go to that Discord that Jeremy mentioned, uh, you can go to Retrovania.net. There is a direct link to the Discord there, uh, and uh, join in the conversation. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Just all all these people that usually write in are from that Discord, and then they yell at us because they don't answer. We don't answer their question right. So yeah. Um, if you want to listen to Mason yell at us all the time about not liking Taco Bell, join the Discord channel. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's some super cool shit. Uh, but thank yeah. you, Brian, for writing in. Uh, thank hopefully, you. in the future, we'll check out Xenogears. Our next question. Next question. We're just we're just keeping this going. Hey, From until, until we're out of breath, let's my, knock these out. My God. <laughs> Me and Bill, our voices are going downhill pretty <laughs> quick. Um, you can probably tell from this. Uh, but Blaine, Blaine, Blaine is writing in about Conker's Bad Fur Day. Not a question, just a correction. You guys seem mm. to be under the impression oh, that great. multi- <laughs> you guys seem to be under the impression that the multiplayer portions were new to Reloaded, but they weren't. The online multiplayer obviously was, but all the minigame multiplayer stuff was on the 64 with four-player split-screen. My friends and I played this more than Goldeneye. Thanks, podcast, blah, blah, spicy butthole, blah, blah, jizz, ghost, grandpa. Okay, I, thank you for the correction. I, I Again, I played it on, on Reloaded. I... I wasn't shocked to hear that the four player was in the the original like single console, but I knew that based on how it looked on Reloaded that it had to have been new because it was really mm. based on the Xbox Live you know format. That that was that was that's that's how you do a correct that's how you do a correction. That's very courteous. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, and, and I guess I should mention when I was talking about the multiplayer aspect of the Live and Reloaded mm-hmm. portion of Live and Reloaded, it it was the xbox live version of the multiplayer mm, mm-hmm. um, i i i did actually forget that conquer on the 64 did have some multiplayer options but what they added in for live and reloaded was a full-on team-based multiplayer section of the game mm-hmm. for multiplayer and that and it was pretty cool for what it did that was not on the 64 that wasn't exactly what i was talking about so yes there are multi small multiplayer mini games on the 64 and they're pretty good uh, but what I was actually referring to in the podcast was the the more open team-based stuff that they added for Live and Reloaded. So thank you for the correction, Blaine. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think the mini games are pretty fun on the 64. Our next question comes in from Matt, and he wants to know remake or sequel. If you could get a sequel or a remake of any game series that hasn't had an entry series in a long time, what series would that be? For me personally, it would be Dino Crisis or Silent Hill. I love both games and would love to see them come back. Thanks, guys. Those are solid choices. Well, Those are solid. That's hard. Um, my answer would have been, you know, my uh, Alan Wake, but it looks like all my clean living has paid off. Um, yeah, because all, all all my wishes are coming true. Um, man, it's it, it's tough. Um, you know, Silent Hill would definitely be, um. A, a very big one for me. Um, there aren't a lot of other. I'm always cautious. I'm always cautious about this kind of stuff because, you know, you get that sequel. I, you don't know what the fuck you're going to get. I always wanted to see, you know, um, it's it's in the grand scheme of things more recent. I always wanted to see another like really good Dead Space. 
Are we getting that too? That's coming too, isn't it? I thought it was a restart or a remake yeah, of the first one. Remake of the original. Oh, it's coming too. Look at this. Every everything I could possibly want. Um, I, I the one thing I would like um, is if they would continue. This one, as far as I know, hasn't got a, a remake or a sequel in quite some time. The uh, the Merc series. Um, if I if I could get another one of those, I, if I can get another Mercenaries game. That, that wouldn't be bad. Maybe another mag. Who knows? Um, I, I guess oh, my can't possibly my, live that dream. No, my serious answer would be I I, I wouldn't mind like a, a an up to date nowadays uh, kind of zombies ate my neighbors type game. Um, you know, I mean, they put them back out, but that was, you know, that wasn't that's not remake territory or anything like that. Otherwise, I mean, every franchise i played through I'm, I'm not really left itching for more alan wake was the, the big one and dead space they're doing it up the rest of them i'm i'm, I'm very cautious to to ask for more um I, I i'm not even asking for another metal gear right now which i i would like i could not get enough of but um no i'm i'm, I'm very pleased i would like a silent hill um I, i'd like to preface that with i i would like a good silent hill um i i don't know if you can get those anymore but uh who knows yeah silent hill is the easy answer uh but he already gave that as, a, as an answer I, I i would definitely do that i also was trying to think of other games that were kind of that horror theme i think a new parasite eve would be fun i know the last one on psp apparently wasn't very good uh but even if they just redid that maybe on current consoles so people could see if it's any good i'd do that uh the one i'm thinking of though and it's got a fairly recent in quotes sequel um the, the Wii Punch-Out game was really, really good, and I would love to see oh, another yeah. Punch-Out game on the Switch. I mean, it's designed <coughs> yeah. to be that sort of thing. You got two two Joy-Cons, you can make really good controllers, which is what they tried to do mm-hmm. with the Wii version, but it just wasn't quite as as good as that. I mean, I would I would gladly play a new Punch-Out made to use the Joy-Cons. So that there's what you need. I mean, hell, they have the... the what's the what's the Space Boxer game that they put out? Um, With, like, the long-arm folks. What the hell's the name of that game? Arms. Arms, Jesus. What? <laughs> but yeah i mean arms was fine but i would much rather play like a full-on punch out arms was neat but but make me a punch out not a space punch out i want nothing crazy just like what they did for the wii was really really good do that again and i would be in 100 percent. i want a sequel to diddy kong racing yeah fuck it duck I um, think Diddy Kong Racing was the finest kart racing game on the 64. Yeah, big old plate of damn steakums is what that <laughs> thing was. It was a great uh, game. Uh, Donkey Kong I... Racing is the equivalent of whatever that cheap vodka is you were talking about that you had to mix with the cranberry Sprite. Uh, Diddy Kong went down way easier than that shit. It, it, and it, it didn't got come you... back up, so that's good. Uh, oh, my God. That, that title should not come back up in any discussions of uh, uh, racing games or anything i guess if i was going to be super serious there was that it teased me forever for the longest time but everyone was all about that that new bully games coming and oh i gave up i've given up on that it never did it never came and i've lost hope i mean there's very good chance it was in development at some point but it's never coming out uh so that's that's gone um i can't really think of too many others that i would just be like man i'd love to fucking um sequel to that bloodborne bloodborne was probably my favorite ps4 game mm-hmm. and I, i'm still hopeful that we'll get some sort of sequel to that at some point but uh yeah that's that's really about all i can think of besides some 
some old RPGs that I know are, are never going to the sequel or, or, you know, justice that they deserve. Fucking, I know Chrono Trigger got Chrono Cross, and that was sort of a sequel, but that's that's not the sequel anyone wanted. Uh, I wanted a straight <laughs> Chrono Trigger fucking sequel, and I never got one. God damn it. So, but yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I, hopefully in the future, if uh, publishers continue to be lazy and have no ideas, then we will continue to get uh, maybe more remakes or sequels of the games that, that we thought impossible. So who knows? Yeah, maybe give, that, it, give it time. That give bully time. sequel may eventually come. Jesus. We'll see. Anyway, th- uh, anyway, thank you, Matt, for writing in. Our next question comes in from, I'm going to mispronounce this horribly, Do- Dogerilus? Dogerilus? Again, right. I, I, I apologize. D-O-J-A-R-E-L-I-U-S. We'll go with your pronunciation. Let's go with Xenogears. Okay. Next, uh, he's writing in to ask about Sega CD Jurassic Park. Somehow hey, yeah, my, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Now, you know, Billy's excited about this one. So somehow in my youth, I acquired a JVC XI. Wow, that's awesome. I would <laughs> love to have that fucking mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And a copy of Sega CD Jurassic Park and put hours and hours into it and never beat it. Uh, that's, I think that's pretty typical for that game. Yeah. That full motion video was so enticing and I kept going back to it. Did you guys ever play this title? Billy, have you ever played Jurassic Park on the Sega CD? I've played the absolute shit out of Jurassic Park on Sega CD. Um, I, you know what? I, if you would have told me um, that Jurassic Park would best be served as, as basically a point and click game, may not have believed you. But uh, it, it's such a wonderful fucking game. Um, it's it's slow. Oh, it sure is. Uh, the movement is very slow. I, I would liken the movement maybe to kind of mist, um, and not you know, and, and and not after they fancied mist up a little bit, but basic mist. Um, yeah, I I thought it was a really fun game. Uh, it had a honestly in in all sincerity like a, a pretty good sense of exploration to it it, it kind of felt like you were exploring the the movie sets especially when you were were in um you know i guess kind of the main touristy area proper and uh yeah there were there were a lot the the, the full motion video scenes on there were were great um there is a i always immediately went on there there was a, a debug mode for it that you could you could do pretty early on in the game. Um, you could basically God have your run of the game at that point, as far as whatever scenes you could look at, you wanted to look at, or you could go straight to the ending of the game, which I, I don't recommend because um, you would show up not very well equipped for it. Um, no, that was definitely one of my favorite um, Sega CD titles, and and probably my favorite. And and I know this is fucking. There, there aren't any high bars here, but probably my favorite um, Jurassic Park game also. I haven't, but I'm looking at it and we should play this. This looks amazing. Let's go. Co- hey, hey, let's cover it. Come on. Let's get a let's get that Jurassic Park Sega CD out. I, I'd be down for that because I remember seeing that back uh, <laughs> in, in magazines and like they mm-hmm. actually took the time to take pictures of the transition of going from like the floor yeah of, yeah. of the manger up up the stairs and stuff and i was like oh my god that's the coolest yeah, if, fucking thing that's ever been if, it, it genuinely if you're a big fan of the movie um it's 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 great 
um, just kind of for that aspect. If you can, if you can handle, you know, the, how sluggish it is, um, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, so I we should probably do that one. That one, uh, yeah, yeah, we will maybe check that one out here in the future. Uh, that that's that's a pretty cool little game as far as I would like to think it is. Thank you, Docherilus. Yeah. Do- 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 yeah. We will put that uh, one on the yeah. list. The the check's coming to you. It's coming. I swear. I swear. I'm good for it. Is that's how this fucking shit happens? I knew this is how this happens. All right, boys. We just got a few left. We're gonna we're gonna get through this. Our next question comes in from Nil, aka John B. Retrovaniacs, Nintendo Power needs your help. Nintendo was so impressed by your Captain N Power teams that they're now asking for help relaunching the Nintendo Power magazine. They need your help with designing a new retro issue. What game do you put on the cover? What game is going on the poster? And also, give a couple of games that you would feature inside. Let's keep it NES-focused with this issue. I'm going with Clash of Demon Head on the cover, and for the poster, I'm going with Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom. Ooh, hot. That's a inside, oh. I'd feature North and South, Flying Warriors, and Little Ninja Brothers. Okay, so we want to focus it only on the NES. We're not going to go further. Because I'm going to say if it's going to be a current Nintendo Power, then you focus on Metroid <laughs> Dread. Why wouldn't you, right? So Yeah, we're going with NES here. If you're going to go with NES, um, I like the idea of Clash of Demon Head, but I wouldn't make that the cover game. Uh, I would go with Crystallis because that's who I am. Uh, also, I would focus on the Guardian Legend as a big game because I think that's a game that a lot of people didn't play. And I would also put a huge section on... Um, I'm just looking at it right now. I would do a huge section on Blaster Master. Blaster Master is one of my favorite NES games still, and I think it holds up really well today. Oh God! Can you list the list them to me, if you will? I, my Nintendo brain, was, everyone. My brain was sitting at like 103 degrees for a few days, so I, I think I'm I'm not quite as as strong as I once was. So what we got? You want me to list all the NES games? No. What what what? Listing opponents of the mag. <laughs> listing opponents of this magazine. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that's a long, that's a long list. I mean, you, you got the cover and you got the, the, the cover, poster. The cover's going to be damn, uh, we're going to put Maniac Mansion on there. Ooh, that's a good one. Maybe with a live action cast, because they, they like doing that shit every now, but not the TV show live action cast. No, no. Um, and then you get the, the poster on the inside. That's, ooh, that's going to be a, uh, ooh, that's going to be a Samus, Samus poster. Um, she, maybe not, maybe not in the power suit. You know, little we're re we're relaunching in the summer. You get the you get the shot where if you beat that game in less than an hour, in poster form. All right, and but then, it's really blown up, so it's incredibly pixelated. And then one or two games you'd feature in the magazine that are neither cover nor poster. You had to put Zelda. Wouldn't you have to put Zelda in there? You'd have to. It's it's the crown jewel, Zelda. And then we need a game that's not that great. Um, but, but covers some kind of weird niche crowd. We throw Stinger in there, which is for some reason my favorite flying around shoot 'em up on the NES and maybe ever. I would throw that in too. Um, you know, that's going to be a great couple of issues before the thing gets pulled. I would go with one of the features would be uh, we covered this in the past Little Nemo, <laughs> the Dream Master. I mm-hmm. genuinely enjoyed that game, especially when you got to use uh, an actual weapon at the very end of the game <laughs> uh my cover would be uh ducktales because i like ducktales ducktales uh, i was a big fan of, of anything disney back then and just about any mm-hmm. in, in nintendo power back then 
poster would end up on my wall. And there was there was definitely a few Disney themed mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo Power ones that I've still got to this day. I think the one I have is like magical, uh, the Super Nintendo one where he's like in a, a firefighter suit or something. I don't know. What what am I up to? Cover. I'm gonna go with uh, River City Ransom. Mm. I don't even know what that cover would really be, but I think that would be a pretty cool. It would be the shower. uh, It would be the shower scene. Just the shower scene. Just the shower scene. This is. He didn't say if this was like the uh, after dark version of Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power after dark. If it was after dark, Samus would definitely be that poster. That's it. Uh, uh, But yeah, I think that would probably be about the only thing that I can think of right now because. Uh, like I said, my brain is currently dying, and uh, Billy's not far behind, probably. So we've got two more oh, questions. Uh, let's here see if to we can pop through before we all die. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're just about there. Uh, second to last question here, guys. This comes from Thomas J of San Jose, and he writes in about non-existent sequels. This may actually just be a repeat of the question we just answered. Let's see. Hey guys, how are things? Quick question. Can you think of a game or a classic game that deserved a sequel but never got one? Well, that's different. The only one was about a series that had gone away that came back, right? So this is a game okay, that never right. had another sequel. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. I always wanted to follow up to SCAT. Me too. Cyber Special Cybernetic Attack Team for the NES. That was a great one to two player shooter. It's a little bit like Contra, only you're flying and it's not as difficult. I just played it a few weeks ago on the Switch and finished it. Maybe its sequel could be called Special Hazard Invasion Team, or SHIT. Somehow I don't think that would happen. Oh well, one can always dream. Well, I know, a sequel to Ristar on the Sega Genesis would also be cool. That was a great game. I, you know, I... We've kind of done this, but... Uh, a game that I, I really love that I was hoping to get a sequel, and I, I really see, see no reason why it couldn't have, uh, you know, given just the sheer amount of material it's put out. It was, I, I always wanted a sequel to that Simpsons hit and run, uh, the, uh, the, the GTA inspired Simpsons game that actually turned out to be really good. Um, you know, I, there's so much to do in that world. There's so many characters. This was still, God, still. Well, I mean, midway through the series, I mean, the series has gone on for another 10, 15 years since this game came out. Um, I always I always loved that one and I always wanted a little bit more because I felt the game ran a little bit kind of on the short side to be to be an open world. But I, I love the idea of that open world Springfield, even if it was a little bit kind of limited for the for the time. Uh, that was definitely one that I, I and I think it even did pretty well out there. So that was one I definitely wanted to see see more of but uh it it, it was never to be i know i just mentioned it in the previous question about a nes uh, nintendo power but uh, a game i'd love to see a real sequel for but kind of expands on a few things and it would be guardian legend like i don't i can't think of another game that does that mix of top-down shooter mixed with this zelda style exploration very well uh there's a game Mm -hmm. for the game boy advance called sigma star saga that kind of does that but it's different because it turns all the random encounters into little shooter levels and has shooter bosses but it's not the same kind of feel as guardian legend had so i'd love to see a new guardian legend uh maybe not new currently i don't know if i'd like it you know to be a fully 3d crazy exploration game if i can get like a a good indie retro remake idea of something like that that would be great I'm going to answer this real quick, and then I'm going to kind of turn this around to a different question. 
since we've already sort of answered this, I will definitely say uh, Revolution X. Uh, if I could just get a sequel to that someday, that would be nice. The Aerosmith shooter? But the the Aerosmith game? Yes. I I really like that game. It was so stupid. Uh, we, we've already, we've lost Jeremy. We've already lost him. <laughs> I told you. My, my He's brain. gone. Anytime I went to the arcade and I saw Revolution X there, I knew I was going to have a good time and I was probably going to go deaf <laughs> because the fucking arcade machine that was there at the arcade was like turned up to at least sonic boom levels of a fucking volume. It was insane. But yeah, I lost most of my hearing playing that game. It was great. I really enjoyed Revolution X and I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, light gun shooters. So I thought it was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and just so disappointed. I never got a sequel. Uh, anyway, I'm going to ask you guys this since we already oh, kind of answered this question. What sequel did we already get that we never thought we would ever get? I think for me, it was Streets of Rage 4. Uh, also, I guess, what sequel did we get we never thought we'd get, but also was actually really good uh, in, in just when, how oh, they God. made it. So, I mean, uh, Streets of Rage that... 4 would be. That's that's high up there. Well, I mean, it, it, it's not here. I, I, you know, I talked about that Alan Wake. Um, it's not here yet, but but holy shit, I I didn't think it was coming. Uh, even you know when uh, I, I won't spoil what game exactly because it fucking threw me for a loop when it happened. But even when the, that character appeared in another game, um, you know, I, I didn't I really didn't think it was going to lead to anything substantial. Um, so that's, that's one that, that God, I didn't think I would ever see, um, just, just because, and, and I was very upset about it as far as sequels that were, were God, that part, I will let, I'll let Jeremy P continue. And I will think on think of sequels that, that really impressed me. I mean, recently, and I know we've talked about it several times, but Psychonauts 2, I didn't honestly think we'd ever see. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Super good. But, uh, older sequels, and this is one that when it came out, I, I was, not excited by it i did not care for it i was disappointed but it was a sequel that i was like well i didn't see that coming was when the 3ds first hit and they put out that kid icarus 3d game kid icarus uh uprising but it was a, mm. a 3d shooter almost like a um a panzer dragoon looking kind of game and i was like well that's not what i wanted i wanted a new kid icarus and i didn't give it a shot and i just finished it i just played through the whole thing and it's really 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 good and i'm very sad that i didn't give it a chance before it is, uh, they should remake that on a current, it doesn't need to be 3D. The 3D is a gimmick in it, even on, on that point. It, it was fine for what it was, but it doesn't need to be there. They could put that out again on the Switch exactly as it was without the 3D, and I think it would do really well. It is, it is a much better game than it has any right to be. I think if Nintendo had any fucking sanity, they would release the, uh, re-release the Wii U version of Star Fox on the Switch and just forego the whole fucking second screen bullshit that they put in there. And I think that would actually be a pretty decent little sequel. That it could be the sequel that it deserved to be without that mm. stupid gimmick tacked on. And yeah, there's there's a few here and there that I think... Uh, stuff that I never thought we'd get that I think turned out way better. Bloodstained turned out to be a really good Symphony of the Night mm. um, all the way through. And even though it wasn't called Symphony of the Night... I, it's it's a weird time. It's a really weird time. I think we're getting more of this these kind of dream games uh, remade and uh, sequels that we never thought we'd get that than I think we've ever gotten. And I don't know if that's a case of just, you know, like I said, publishers being kind of lazy or 
developers <laughs> trying trying to latch on to anything that'll that'll get the the nostalgic crowd going. But yeah, I I think we'll probably see more and more as the years go on. Before you get to the last question, this is a good place to throw this in since we didn't cover what we've been playing. Our last episode was on Contra, and I mentioned that Contra Rogue Core was terrible. It was on sale on PlayStation Network for $8, and I bought it just to, just because to, I'm a fool, right? And I have $8. It's mm-hmm. honestly not bad. It's not a very good Contra game necessarily. Oh, it's more of like a, uh, it's more like a, uh, <laughs> like a Smash TV top down shooter kind of thing, but it, yeah. it's, it's not as bad as I thought. I still don't think it's a great Contra game. I think if they would have called it something else, it wouldn't have gotten the attention anyway because it's just one more shooter who would have cared. But naming it Contra hurt it because instead it's not Contra. And they did try to make it too edgy. The characters say stuff the whole time and it's pretty obnoxious. But as a straight shooter, like especially once you get into it, there are, there are levels that are designed explicitly to be very difficult that you just have to go like chain four levels together with bosses in the middle. And... I'm enjoying it a lot. It's actually quite fun. So, uh, not not really answer the question, but uh, a sequel that's surprisingly better than it started being, and maybe it's that the demo was really bad. But Contra Rogue not terrible. Is I couldn't understand the aiming. <clears throat> like, am I just missing something with this? Because it, I'm not I, having a problem not... with it now. But I played it on demo on the Switch, and I hated it. But maybe it was the Switch version's bad. Maybe it's just a bad demo that shouldn't have been put out. But I'm not having any problems with it at all on PS4 today. Huh. Maybe I I did see it was on sale for like on Xbox for like five bucks and I I was like maybe I should just finally buy this and try it. And it has online multiplayer. I don't know if I'll ever use that because I don't know anyone else that has it on PS4. But I guess if you did, write us in. I might I might like to play <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> All right, boys. It's the last question. We have <laughs> oh my it. god! Uh, it's <laughs> we've almost cleaned out the bowels of Rainmania.net, and uh, the last one coming through is Chris Singleton. And he wants to uh, flex on us for his his horror titles that he has. Hey guys, I'm sitting in my car listening to your amazing podcast. Still listening on the Superior Spotify app. Thank you. I'm listening to the Silent Hill 3 episode, and it was mentioned how expensive it is now. I wanted to flex a little and say I have all three original titles as well as other expensive horror titles that you may like, such as Haunting Grounds, Obscure one and two and rule of rose. Damn, oh, yeah. that one's that that is expensive. All North America, <coughs> all North American versions. Still haven't gotten Q on as that's, that's over six hundred dollars for a complete in box North America release. Mm. Have you all played any of those, or what's your favorite spooky game that's not mainstream? I swear, when when you said haunting, I thought I thought you were gonna say haunting, starring Poltergeist. For the uh, oh, now that's that's my favorite non mainstream horror game, yeah. Um, I have not played most of those other titles, I, I want to play all of them, but again, they are expensive. And I mean, we played Silent Hill 1 through 3, we talked about that, and I do have Silent Hill 1 and 2. I do not have mm-hmm. the box PlayStation 2 Silent Hill 3, I had to play that on the HD remaster or whatever HD collection on, on Xbox 360, but at least I, I was able to play it. Um, I'd like to play Rule of Rose. I, I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce this. Kudelka, if that's corrupt proper, is another one people kind of mention is like this good horror, uh, yeah. more like a RPG sort of game. I, I want to play that. Uh, the the horror game I like the most that's not, I don't want to say it's not mainstream because I think they pushed it really hard. It just failed. But Zombie U on the Wii U is great. Mm. I think if you like zombies, like traditional Romero-style zombie movies, it's a great version mm. of that if you're the sole survivor. 
Uh, and then they add in the fact that it's in, you know, it's, it's British. So the, the, they have this kind of, it, it's the setting you're, you're used to because it's current-ish, but it's not walking out in New York City. It looks different. You have all these little areas you wouldn't, you wouldn't know if you don't live there. And, and I, I appreciate the, 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 the narrator person, the person that's kind of helping you, I guess you're, the guy who's giving you directions to kind of make it make sense where if you die and someone else takes over, because that's the story in the mm. game. So when you die, another survivor comes over and kind of picks up where you left off. He's, there's still somebody guiding the actions of all these survivors that are showing up. I, I like the way that it all kind of fits together. And it didn't mm-hmm. do very well, I think, because it was really designed for the Wii U. And I know they ported it to other systems, but it's one of the few Wii U systems that really uses that pad really well. And without it, I don't know how you do half the stuff in the game, especially when it's super dark and they use it for night vision. Uh, it actually works really well as that kind of sort of thing where on the screen you still don't see everything, but on the, the night vision thing, you can put it up where the screen is and parts of the screen will then, you know, kind of show up on your, I don't know. It's done really well. And I don't know if a lot of people gave it a chance, but that's, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, oh, go ahead. Go for it. No, go ahead. Uh, the only thing I can really think of, uh, anytime I get a chance to mention this, I will, because I swear only like three people ever played it was shadow of memories for the PS2 by Konami. It's Ooh. not a horror game, you know, specifically, but it is very eerie in, in just how it goes. And it's this really great kind of time travel game. It, I've really never played anything else like it on the PS2 or really from Konami in, in general. But it's it's done so well. And if you're a fan of time travel and just kind of weird stories and stuff like that, I that game is just great. But I, it's very hard to find. I don't think it's very expensive. I could be wrong. It's been a really long time since I looked that up. But it's a really, really great time travel game. Probably the best time travel game ever put out on a, on a console that actually like tries to do time travel in an interesting way. It's kind of like this weird mix of like... Uh, adventure game and there's really not much action in it it's mostly just an adventure game but it's super cool great story some fun characters throughout it and and just kind of got an overall creepy vibe that that i still remember this day so that's if we can ever get a hold of that one that is a show that i would love to do and uh, for me i man as far as kind of off the beaten path i i don't know if it's a mainstream one or not uh that penumbra uh, series uh, is a trilogy of, of of you know PC games. Uh, it, it's 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 people that made it are best known. They went on and made Amnesia not long after, um, several years later, and it's kind of the same system. I guess Amnesia is a more you know maybe nicer looking, more refined version. But it, it is it, it's one of the first games I played where uh, that original Penumbra, where there are enemies you can't you know con- confront or you can't you know face it, it's a lot of hiding um you know waiting for things to pass uh there was you know, some kind of light kind of light puzzle elements to it uh i really really enjoyed um those games there there's three of them they're still i mean they're they're easy as hell to track down now um they're on steam they're everywhere i really enjoyed those i like those a little more than i liked um amnesia when it came around uh, another one I like, and I mean, it was it, it made it the consoles was was that condemned when it came around? Oh yeah, the condemned um, games are awesome. Yeah, yeah, love those. I it it went completely off the rails with you having you know a, a, you could yell and make people's heads explode. I think in the second one, but um, I I really loved those. I especially liked in the first one, like the 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 detective work you kind of got to do. 
Um, and there were some decent, uh, decent scares in there and a lot of tension. Um, so th- those were big with me, the condemn games and uh, those penumbra games. I, I love, uh, all three of them are, are kind of brief playthroughs and I, I'll, those are ones around October that I will always sit down and, and kind of whip through. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no shortage of, of horror games out there and every now and then i try to get online and just kind of kind of search around and, and try out a try out a smaller one to see what happens uh you, you probably wouldn't be surprised to know that it's a it's a genre that's apparently really hard to pull off um sometimes you can delight in how bad they are though but that, that those number ones are some of my favorite I, I wouldn't say hidden gems because it's it's a you know developers well known but i, I you know that's it we did it we did Thanks. it guys Thanks for writing in, Chris Singleton. Thank you for flexing all over. If there's one thing we love, it's a big greasy flex all over us. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we're that's it. We've done it. We have gone through all of the email oh that I know of from this year, uh, from all of us. <laughs> thanks, thanks for everyone for writing in. <laughs> Every all the questions we have answered this year. It's been a lot more than we've ever answered. Uh, we hope we have kind of done. You know, we've kind of answered your questions in, in a way that, that sort of makes sense. There are definitely times where maybe we're not <laughs> not quite in our heads like right now. But um, but again, thank thanks everyone for writing in uh, throughout the year. It's been fun, and it, we always look forward to seeing what you're going to throw at us next. So um, we hope 2022 is just as, as just as good for this. Continue writing in. Again, we've cleaned it out. We're good to go. So uh, check us out in the, in the new year with a new set of questions and no backlog whatsoever on Retrovania.net. Just scroll down to the bottom. There's a contact form. Fill it out. Send it to us. We will read it here in a brand new shiny year. A brand new shiny year full of all new games. It's actually the start of our, uh, this is our seventh Christmas, so the start of our eighth active year as a podcast that's hard Jesus. to say i know that's pretty crazy uh and, and if you like the show and you want more of it the best way to get that is to join our patreon the link is always in the comments of the episode along with the link to our discord that we've mentioned and of course the uh our our website where you can write us a question and we will answer it other than that have a great uh rest of your break or holiday or whatever and we'll see you in the new year